our studio in beautiful New Bedford, Massachusetts. Inside the Kilburn Mills. Welcome to the Pop and Sun Sports Show. With your hosts, Lance, Ross, Eric, and of course, Pops. Talking sports, news, sports education, and sports gossip. Featuring Huya Benjamin and the Sports Dish with Lena. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I cannot believe we're back on the show again one more time. We're back to you guys again. Um, I want to start off by just giving you all a lengthy apology for being so long without recording anything, uh, without putting out any new content for you guys. We do dearly apologize for that. Um, just want to let you guys know what's been going on. Uh, we've been dealing with some issues over here lately. Uh, you know, Pops had a surgery on the hip. COVID. He, he's got a brand new hip, titanium hip. Uh, COVID, obviously. We went through a little bout. All of us actually went through a, a bout of COVID. That was no fun. Um, it sucks. I mean, all the stories are true. COVID sucks. It's been a couple of a couple of rough months. COVID is not fun whatsoever. There is nothing cool about it. There's nothing interesting about it. And I will tell you one thing for sure: wear your goddamn masks. To all you people in Texas and Mississippi, come on, man, get smart, man. What's wrong with you people? Don't. And I want to tell you what: if you're from Texas and you're from Mississippi, please don't come to my state. I tell you what: don't believe the hype. Definitely keep wearing that mask. Like 110% for sure, keep wearing that mask. Dude, I'm going to be wearing my mask in the year 2023. So, with said being that, let's go ahead and move on to um, what we got on the list for today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Obviously, we haven't been around for a while, so we got a lot of stuff to cover. There's been so much going on in the sports world. It's kind of awesome, not going to lie. We're back. Yeah, we're back. The crowds are coming back. Back just like uh just like the crowds we're uh, we're yeah. coming back slowly but surely everything is back to go so to start off we want to talk about we're going to talk about basketball a little bit right now yeah. um the NBA season we're at a halfway point through the NBA season right now with the All Star game and the All Star break this weekend we've seen a lot of interesting stuff from the NBA this year um a lot of surprises I mean you know a lot coming of surprises coming <laughs> as as fans of New York of the New York Knicks we. If you would have told us last year that in March of 2021 that we were going to be 19 and 18, one game over 500 in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, I would have told you you're nuts. I know. I would have said I was out of bit. I could take it. I'd take it. I'd be happy. Oh, gladly would have taken it. Gladly would have taken it. But I would have said you're absolutely nuts. But um, I don't know. What's going on in, in New York? Tom Thibodeau's got them uh, believing in the secret sauce. They running hard, man. They play hard defense every night. They were hard out now. They are. They are. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. And, I mean, the record The record is what it is. It's 19-18. We've had some struggles, but we've also had some games that, that are just ridiculous. I, and I'm trying to remember the last time that – the last game that we lost, we lost to, to San Antonio. And it was kind of a blowout. But we haven't lost – we haven't had blowout. It wasn't really this a year. blowout. I mean, it got out of control on us. It got out of control in the, in the uh, fourth quarter. But um, uh, it was just one of those where all of a sudden the shots stopped dropping and it happened sometimes. You remember right. that? There was layups that were just down in the basket and popped right back out. Three-pointers that were in and came right back out like it's just not your night tonight. Guys right. diving on the floor. Remember how many rebounds did you see? 
right in somebody popped out of somebody's hands and right into San Antonio's hands. Right, right. Not not that I'm we're not covering it because the truth of the matter is we were, we were both surprised because uh, San Antonio the night before I got my wish I was they played the Nets the night before and played overtime, yeah. so we thought that that would be an advantage that they had lost the night before in overtime and it turned out to be a disadvantage. Them boys came out upset. <laughs> they said we cannot lose to do two New York teams two nights in a row. <laughs> you know this saying? is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about what everything think, was falling for them too, man. When you think about what the what the Knicks have done this season to this point in the season, uh, best defensive team in the NBA. Yeah, um, you know, and and that's in almost all defensive categories: opponent scoring, uh, opponent three pointers, almost every single defensive category. We're we're, at the, we're sitting at the top. I'm going to say it like this then, everybody to listen. If you don't think that this is different now and that Tom Thibodeau should be considered for Coach of the Year already, then you're just simply hating. You don't see the sauce. Yeah, like you say, they don't see what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. All you got to do is watch one Nick game and just watch the guys on the bench cheering like it's their mother and their father out there you know, on the bread line trying to get food for them. Right, and I mean, to me, that would be one thing that I would say right there. It's Tom Thibodeau has a lot to do with what's going on with oh, the Knicks. And another, we haven't even mentioned injuries. Let's, let's, let's uh, you know, uh, starting center's been down for how many weeks now? Starting point guard was three weeks down. Alfred Payton just came back, and we just lost Derek, uh, Derek Rose to uh, the COVID. Surprisingly enough, protocol. Derek Rose, who's become who's oh wow, I don't know who this Derek Rose is, but he's not the same Derek Rose who played I, for the next couple years back. I got to eat some crow on that one because you know I, I hated the idea of Derek Rose coming through, but it's just I, I had a bad taste in my mouth from the last time. He was heavier. He was not completely, obviously was not completely uh, f- fully healed from his surgeries, his multiple mm-hmm. surgeries. Mm-hmm. You know, this Derrick Rose looks kind of like the Derrick Rose. It's like, what he said, 2.0? It's like, the, <laughs> now, I'm not going to say the Derrick Rose yeah. that came out of college, but pretty close. I mean, he's as quick as, quicker, he's as quick as anybody on the court right now, and he's taking it to the basket hard. I love this, and playing hard defense. I love this Derrick Rose. I mean, one of the big things about this team is obviously our, our all-star Mr. Uh, Julius Randle, who currently leads, who's currently sitting at number twenty-four in the NBA for points per game. Mr. Randle, um, he he is an all-star. His first all-star appearance. We mm-hmm. the Knicks finally have an all-star that's not just throwing one in there because you need one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a legit all-star on our team this year. We, we we should honestly, in my opinion, we should add a couple of more. Yeah. At least R.J. Barrett should have been on there, but you know. Yeah. He's got to he's got to earn a little bit more, I guess, as far as the NBA yeah, is concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, remember he was totally disrespected last year. That's why he's fuel, was fueling him this year. Remember they left him off the all rookie team last year. Yeah, yeah. What was the you know what idiot decided to do that? I don't know, but okay, okay. Right. So you know, uh, like I said, we got the All Star break coming up, and um, the Knicks are definitely a surprise. The Knicks are yeah. definitely a surprise as far as as far as I'm concerned this season. Nobody expected the Knicks to be where they are, mm-hmm. and. It, we're not going anywhere. The Knicks I, are not going anywhere. I'll tell you the truth. If the Knicks end up with their record right around what it is now, right around 500 with a couple of wins to the plus side, I'd be ecstatic. Because have you, you've, like we discussed, that that schedule, that crazy schedule, come on. It's almost like they said, well, you know, we really, we're glad the Knicks had a good first half, but we really don't want them to go to the playoffs. Because this schedule that they put out for the Knicks in the second half is flat out ridiculous. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. Even as a even as a crappy team that you know everybody was expecting us to be this season. Yeah, that's a rough schedule for a crappy team to have in the second half of the season. 
<laughs> that's a way to put a team to guarantee that's another going to get that 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 uh that, that, that number one pick. That's, that's, I was going to say that's that schedule that they put out for the Knicks is a prescription for a lottery pick. Yeah, for real. You know, and then you know we talk about, we talk about the Knicks, but there's a couple other surprising teams in the NBA. Like one, my thing right now, my my team right now on the West Con- in the West Conference is going to be Phoenix. It's unbelievable. Phoenix is out of nowhere in second place. I don't think anybody expected that except for people living in the Phoenix area. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The truth, yeah. Well, we gotta. We let's be clear though. You know, let's uh, let's put the disclaimer where it's supposed to be. A lot of that is is uh, right now being uh, affected by Anthony, Anthony Davis. Yes, not being able to play. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. But at the same um, time, I, I, but I, I was never. Of the th- I'm sorry, I was never of the school of thought that they were invincible with Anthony Davis. I right. Think, I think they were very, very good. That's what I'm saying. I kind of agree with that, but at the same time, I kind of don't. It's more like a 60-40 don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, Utah, Utah is just, for lack of a better saying, they're just shitting on everybody. Dude, remember? Ever since New York, ever since, we beat it's ever since Utah came out to New York and we beat the shit out of them, they they, oh, they woke yeah. up. They should, if they win it all, they should give they should give the Knicks a cut. Yeah, the, Knicks, the Knicks should get a six-man of the year award for that yeah. one. Yep. Because nobody expected Utah to go on. Well, I think they, at one point they were on yeah, like a dude. Remember, there's a lot of teams. It was a lot of teams like that that we woke up. Remember, same thing with Boston. We beat them by thirty, and they won seven in a row after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we there's no scrub teams that the Knicks have beaten this season. Not a single scrub team, with the exception of the Hawks. I mean, not the Hawks, the uh, the D- Detroit Pistons. And they, and they look pretty good. Remember, they yeah. were missing some parts the too. The Pistons are a supremely underrated team. And by the way, let me say I'm, re- extreme, I'm extremely happy for Dennis Smith Jr. I, he just got caught in a numbers game with the Knicks, and there was just no room for him. And now he seems to be thriving. He just needed to change the scenery in Detroit. I'm very happy for him. So, from my opinion, he could have been a troublemaker, and he wasn't. He was a good soldier while he was here. I agree. I agree. And contrary to popular belief, everybody keeps talking about the Knicks need this, the Knicks need that, the Knicks need this, and the Knicks don't need anything right now. The Knicks no. need to stay exactly where they are and keep building for the future. We need to get Mr. Robinson back healthy, okay? Yep. And run with it from there. And to all you high-priced, older free agents that didn't want to come here before, I got news for you. I didn't want you to come here before. Stay your ass where you at, okay? There's no space. We got our stars. We're growing our stars, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. Remember, it's a collection of first-rounders. Yep. Yep. We just need it for we just need it. It's just like in true New York fashion, we're just too impatient. We needed to give them a chance to grow. So it's far too early for it, but you know, we, we really quick we can go over the uh possibility of a if the season ended right now, playoffs. <laughs> we would have the Knicks playing the Celtics. Oh my goodness. And we'd win that series. A return to the rivalry of all them years. Man. We'd win that series. So not only are the Knicks in fifth place. We're definitely going to give them a run for their money. And it's extremely shocking that the Knicks are there. But they would end up winning the first series of the playoffs that we would play. That's crazy. Because we'd beat the Celtics. We're coming right out the gate. we play in Milwaukee, right? No, we'd play the Celtics right out the gate. That's the next Oh, game. you mean the next I game? Mean, yeah, next, I mean, I'm, I'm second not even thinking half about the, that right now. Second we'll, half of the season. We'll go over that in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, okay. So right now, like I said, we'd have the, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Knicks and the Celtics. Milwaukee playing the Heat, wow. Charlotte playing the Nets, and Philly playing the Raptors. Yeah, that seven spot ain't no good, man. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and, in the West, and the West Coast. Actually, we have, no, we're going 10, right? Yeah. Well, no, they have a playing game. and So technically, the way, the way, right, the way it would work, it would be a playing game. And seven. Philly would have, I think Philly's going to end up with a bye. The number one team would end up with a bye or something along those lines. I'm, I got to look, look it up again. Craziness. Not 100% sure of it. But I think it's a nine and ten. We'll end up playing the two, the two rated team with the number one team with a buy. 
Don't hold me to that. I'm not 100% sure. I, I would have to Plus, look it up Plus, we already got to know that it's not going to stay the same, obviously. The, 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 you know, we're just talking about if the season ended today. Right. And then, uh, and on the West Coast, we'd have uh, the Clippers and the Trailblazers, yeah. Denver, and, Denver and L.A. And I, I, honestly, I think Denver's going to take that one. If, if that was to happen right now, I think Denver would take that. Let me tell you something. Is you know what it is? L.A. is vulnerable without 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 A.D. Yeah. They're not a super team without Adrian without uh without uh Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah, I think I think L.A. would lose that one. That's just yeah. my personal opinion. Well, remember they gave them all they could handle last year, and A.D. was they the went, difference because uh, seven games, right? Who is it? I'm uh the Joker, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, yeah. That, the Joker ain't no joke. You got to have somebody huge. Look, Denver's what, a good team. Thank you. They wipe out teams that don't have a big guy to stop this guy, or they get in his way. And even with a big guy to get in his way, he's still going to get his points. Denver's a good team, and then you would have uh, very San Antonio team, yeah. taking on the, the Suns. Uh, I got. I'd have to pick the Suns on that one. All the Suns, San Antonio. I'm going to tell you what. San Antonio is a very underrated team. Yeah, San Antonio gave us a hard time the other day. Yep. That's um yeah no like you said that's an underrated team that that team's gonna be a yeah, problem very for a lot underrated of team up. and they got injuries you know and um like I said that that that's a problem team. So speaking about Utah, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert got smacked in the hand for twenty five thousand dollars each for public criticism of officiating. Yeah. Um, my opinion, the NBA this season is shit. With the with the with the officials, yeah, it's been all the way across the board. Almost every game that you watch, everything has been extremely lopsided. One call is getting one team is getting at least twenty to thirty percent more calls than the other team is getting. Yeah, it seems like the NBA referees are having playing favorites, or there. The, and you know, I know this is the conspiracy theory, but or there's some memo coming down from the league to make sure that certain teams get calls and certain teams don't. But <laughs> I mean. In that game, that specific game, I saw the fouls that Could, Donovan Mitchell was bitching about, and those yeah. were stupid, dude. But we we go through this every night. We watch a Knicks game. Yeah, I mean, every single night this happens to the Knicks. And so we ju- we it. just we just uh, we just assume, okay, you know, there's always been a hierarchy, yep. right? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, LeBron is going to get calls that Julius Randle is never going to get. Right. Exactly. Okay. He looks at the referee and they blow a whistle. Remember last year we saw LeBron t- put the ball on his arm and walk five steps and then all of a sudden catch himself and say, oh, my God, what'd I do? And nobody called a, a travel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but uh, are you done? Am oh, I, yeah. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. What I was going to say is, remember, I've been saying this. This is our new COVID reality. This has been going on since last year. Don't you remember? Remember how horrible the umpires were? They, when their strike zone was out of control all of a sudden. It's like. Funny thing is, and the NFL too. was terrible. The, was Same, the, the referees were hard. And this is why I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to sound like we're picking on the officiating. But God, dog, man, the officiating's been rotten. You know I mean, you're... horrible, and that they're not accountable. See, I've always said this: there's zero accountability. That's even the issue. even with the uh, well, maybe not, maybe not so much public accountability. Thank you, because you see the instant, you see the replay. You you gambling a timeout now. And and a and a challenge because they made a mistake. If you if you approved right, if they overturned the call, why do you not get your challenge back? And why do you not keep right, your time out? Right. And that, that, so I'm punished. I'm punished because you made a mistake, and I caught you in the mistake, and yeah. I corrected it. Right. And you're specifically talking about the NBA's challenge rule because that is a horseshit challenge rule. You oh yeah. You, you, don't, you, you don't win and you get to go jump. That doesn't make any sense. So if you don't have a seven no, footer jumping, you lose anyway. It's not only that. It's not only that. If you win, you don't get it back. You That's should what I'm get saying. it back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, why the do I have to gone, be punished for and you so is the timeout? Exactly. You're exactly right. 
Right. You yeah. made the mistake. Why do I got to be punished? They say, oh, you got to be careful using that challenge because uh, you might need it later on in the game. So how many mistakes right. for the officials do I got to make up for? Right. And that's why, you know, again, we're t- I'll talk about the Knicks really quick, but that's why you see Tom Thibodeau losing his voice every single night. Losing his voice? Look, he's losing his mind out there sometimes. Because right, he's just screaming at the referees all game long. I just don't. Like I said, I think the COVID, I don't know, maybe they're – Routines have been broken. I, I I really don't know because you know. Remember, I've always been the guy that says you know we don't really need um uh, you know um uh, remember when, uh instant replay yeah we started the, the instant replay. Remember, I said the only thing the instant replay has really done is proven how good these officials normally are. I mean, they're right ninety seven percent of the time. Yeah. But yeah, but that was before this COVID business started. That was before last year. I've never seen it so bad. I mean, umpire strike zones that you scratch your head, and then the player gets ejected because he complained about it. You in baseball, you can't complain about balls and strikes. Yeah. You get ejected. So yeah. because you call a ball that was clearly seven feet, you have announcers in the booth scratching their heads. And, and especially with baseball nowadays, a baseball game they have a little box on the screen, and you can yeah. see that it was a strike. Yeah, yeah. You, know you can see it. It's a foot I get outside. It. It's a judgment call. I get it. It's a split second judgment call. I understand that, but at least be right about it. Or when somebody calls you out on it, you know, don't, don't, don't. But then you know what? Don't the play box, the holier than the holier than But then there's college. guys at the box makes them look like they're the best umps ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it, look, and, and even with the NBA. How many calls? Remember we saw it the other night. There's a guy looking right at the foul, and he doesn't call it, and you got a referee coming from way back there running at full speed at the, top, at the, at the top from of the key court. at half court. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to call a foul underneath the basket. But the referee that's right there in the foul, underneath the <laughs> – I'm at half court. I saw that one. Thank you. The one that's underneath the basket says nothing. But the guy coming running from the half court, he calls a foul. Come on, man. You know, so, I mean, to me, in my opinion, kudos to Donovan Mitchell for stepping up and saying something because everybody in the NBA wants to say the same thing. And Donovan Mitchell just showed that he had the balls to say it. You know what You know what everybody's saying? Thank God they got the money to absorb the fine because this is what they wanted to say. This is what I've been saying. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, um, I mean, moving on from the All-Star Games this weekend, Sunday, you got the... Slam dunk contest, the skills challenge, everything is going to be on Sunday, which yeah. is weird too. Really, I really seen quick, that all. before we before we move on from this, uh, you gotta. We since we've been away, we haven't really been able to talk about the Nets. Okay, we got to give them a quick break, uh, a quick uh, shout out here because the truth of the matter is, the Nets are pro- if if everything's if they can get all three, they keep all three of their guys on the court, they're pretty much going to come out of the East. I mean, I mean, as much as I love my Knicks. <laughs> and uh, the Celtics And I don't see nobody beating these guys If they come out full steam The way they're playing Because uh, as 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 much as I always talk to Anybody that knows me knows that I talk Just talk mad crap about James Harden And how he hogged the ball and all that James Harden has turned this year Basically I think he came out this year with You know what I'm going to shut Pops up this year He's talking way too much guff about me And I'm going to show him how the game is played the man is playing off the charts. Okay, he's a triple double machine. Yeah, James Harden's on that level right now. Think about this: he scores as many points as he wants to every night. Right. Okay, you know what? Tonight I'm going to be the point guard. I'm going to get 15 assists. I'm going to get 10 rebounds, and I'm only going to score 22. Now tomorrow night, KD ain't there, so I need 10 more points. So I'm going to get 30 tonight. <laughs> you know, I mean, does he go to Nash? Does he go to Nash and ask him first? Hey, how many yeah. points you need for me tonight, coach? You know, how many points and how many assists should I get tonight? I'm going to tell you, you the truth. Remember, 
This team was supposed to be, remember originally what I said, it's not going to work. Uh, Durant and Irving are not bringing nobody over the top. Nobody. Okay. But the X factor that nobody, none of us ever thought about. Remember last year, nobody was talking about Harden being with the Nets. Nobody was talking about Harden being this type of a player. And thank you. I'm gonna I tell mean, you we what. know the offensive numbers that Harden can put as up. As far as I'm concerned, right now, James Harden player. is the MVP. Right. Nobody expected this team player. From oh my this, God, this he's even playing defense. I seen him block a shot the other night. I don't like to talk about the Nets too much because you know they're, they're little brother in New York. So. I know, you know, and but it's, it's a hard funny not thing, to. It's man. hard not to right now. It's hard not to. You know, I went to school right, right down the block from Barclays Center. But I will say this: until that, until the Knicks are officially out of it, I'm still going with the Knicks. Of course, of course, man. <laughs> of course, I've never, I've never been to the Barclays Center. I spent many, many time my childhood at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> So now, nothing, not hating on again because I swear to God, I, I my whole life when I was growing up in Brooklyn, I wanted us to have a team, but not at the expense of the Knicks. The Knicks, yeah, not at the expense of the Knicks. And you know who you can blame for that, right? Don't know. Kanye Irving, and uh, I don't even know what to say about Kevin Durant. Kanye Irving, because it's a, yes. Kanye, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, or should I call him Kyrie West? What you tell me. Yeah, I got you. He's the Kanye West of basketball, man. I, why people keep putting microphones in front of his face? I have no clue. Because he's a star, but okay, yeah, he's the. <laughs> but uh, but you know, having said that, if all three of them are healthy, mind you, in the right frame of mind, because we know the we know uh, Mister Irving, uh, <laughs> health has nothing to do with it now. Is is he in the right frame of mind? Has anything gone on in the press or publicly or on Facebook or on Twitter that upset him that he has to take another week off? That I mean, to me, that's still mind-boggling that he hasn't been called on the carpet for this enough. But anyway, if he's healthy, he's still one of the better players in the NBA, even though he's number three on this team. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I tell you what, he's the. I think they can do without him. I think Harden and Durant and uh, what's the other kid? Had the Harris kid, Joe. Uh, uh, I think they got enough sharpshooter. They definitely got enough to get out of the East. Yeah, Joe Harris is the sharpshooter. Okay. Um, especially since Milwaukee's been showing some cracks lately in their in their armor, but so we'll see. We're gonna move on from the NBA. We're gonna bring up some basketball stuff here. Uh, really quick for you, Boston fans, they have seemed to have settled. The, Kemba seems to have uh, straightened out the ship. So okay, yeah. Guys. So stop calling for Brad's job. I know. How can, how can you hate on a guy that's won titles already for you, man? I don't get it. So again, moving on. Yes, sir. We're talk about college basketball here for a minute. There's not really much to talk about. I mean, everybody watches college basketball. But I do think that we should point out right now, as of March 1st, because March 1st officially begins what? March Madness. Madness. The current standings in college basketball world right now, you have Gonzaga at number one, Michigan two, Baylor, Illinois, Iowa, West Virginia, Ohio State, Alabama, Houston, Villanova, Florida State, Arkansas, Kansas, Creighton. Creighton, we're going to double back on and talk about Creighton for a second. Creighton, oh, yeah. They, Creighton, they got Texas, they want to talk about. <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, San Diego State. The surprising top 20, top 25 team is sitting at number 20 right now is Loyola, Chicago. Of all places, Loyola, Chicago. That's a surprising thing right there. Then you got Virginia, Virginia Tech, Purdue, Colorado, and Wisconsin. Um, I love Illinois. That kid Cockburn, that kid's a problem. <laughs> if I if you know if anybody's recruiting for the Knicks, 
He looks like a man. Look at Cockburn. He looks like a man playing on the playground with boys. Yes, 100%. So, doubling back, I wanted to double back and talk about Creighton for a second. Um, Creighton's got some issues right now. They just finished suspending their coach. Um, He should be fired is what he should be. You know, I... I, I, I have a hard time with that. Okay, I mean, let, wait a minute. Let me let me make sure what we're talking about. This is the guy that said something about the plantation, right? Right. So So how do you have a go ahead. Um, you go and then I'll go. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 certain issues with it. But at the same time, is first of all, let's just let's just say, let's say his name. His, his name is um <clears throat> Greg McDermott. And his he he's regretted he's obviously regrets his comments. Says it was an awful mistake. And he used the word plantation in a pep talk and i get it it's a sensitivity thing okay so what as far as as far as craig mcdermott is concerned um a little bit backstory the creighton team is number 14 ranked team right now and they've been struggling a little bit they've dropped a couple spots in, in the rankings they've lost a few games and they've been having a little tough time at it so on last saturday after they lost to Xavier 77 to 69, McDermott told his players, guys, uh, excuse me, quote, he quoted to his players, guys, we've got to stick together. We need both feet in and I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation, unquote. So after that, you know, it started to get a little crazy. He coached again on Wednesday night where they lost again on Wednesday. Another you know, double-digit loss game on Wednesday. So it's a tough, it's tough to say, you know, I get it. In today's time, everybody's a little hypersensitive to everything. The comment, the leaving the plantation thing, you know, when you got to think about one thing, when it when there's black players involved in basketball, any kind of any kind of reference to plantation period is tough. It's maybe you shouldn't have said it, obviously. But I mean, my opinion, should he have been suspended over it? I really don't think so. That's just my opinion though. I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Obviously, the people at Creighton decided to go ahead and suspend them for it, for those comments. And I mean, there might be more fire coming from it. I don't know. But he did come out and apologize and said that the pain that I caused our players who look at me as a mentor and a leader, and I saw the pain in their eyes, and it was immense. And he is extremely remorseful for his comments. But I, I just I don't think that I don't think that there was any malice involved in that comment. All right, what what? Okay, <clears throat> um, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was a prepared speech? No. Was he shooting from the hip? I think it was shooting. You from think the it hip. was, it was shooting a post? It was a post game speech. Trying to keep his guys together. I need everybody to stay here. That's that's going to lead to my next question. This is a leader of men. Absolutely. This is an educator. He's not just a football coach. We're not talking about a professional football coach. Basketball. Thank you. This is an educator. Training young men. Shouldn't he know better than to, you know, I mean, again, and I'm, and I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm afraid of going... Too far to the other side. But let me ask you a question. If you use the word lynching in the sense of, guys, enough is enough already. I want to go out there tomorrow and I want to lynch these guys. <laughs> you, I mean, 
Right, but don't you? You know, I mean, like I said, you're not. I mean, it's the. It's not the negative connotation is is there, even though the meaning is not. The motive is pure, but you got to know what's coming out of your mouth. Right. No, you know what I'm saying. See, and 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 again, I I know the guy did not say anything about a lynching. Please, that's me. I was just using it as an analogy. I think okay? that I think that that's probably what he was something along those lines. But you have to be responsible for the stuff that comes out of your mm-hmm, mouth, mm-hmm. you know. And in the, I guess the you know, should he have been allowed to take it back? Yeah, man. I, you know, I'm again with you. I'm with you as far as that's concerned. When does it get to the, when? When it, it, I think that's when we when we get to the point that we can say, you know what? Hey, I understand. You made a bad choice of words. You apologize. You learn from it. We're moving on, man. You don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When When is the point? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think at one point, like everything else, we need a cancel culture. Now we got to be cr- careful. It's getting a little crazy. Right. It's getting a little crazy now. You know what I mean? Again, it's a bad choice of words. You're a leader of men. Use it as a teaching point that he says that he spotted it right away and he knew it was a problem right then and there and he tried to address it i can respect that the man right. apologized right. that's a manly thing to do the man apologized who here it, we make mistakes you know it was a bad choice of words in the heat of the moment that's why i said was it a prepared speech did he think about this like this rah-rah speech you know or was it something that just you know one of those things like i said you know there's words that you can use let's go hang these guys tomorrow who are you talking to? Know your audience. You got to be able to read. What does they say now? Read the room. You got to read. You got to yeah. be able to read, read the, the room. room. So, uh, so if you're looking out at these black faces and the word plantation pops up in your head, dude, hold on to that thought. <laughs> right. No, I, I and I get that part. So the Creighton's athletic director Bruce Rasmussen said in a statement announcing the suspension that McDermott's remarks were not in alignment with Creighton's commitment to racial equality, diversity, and respect. And that further sanctions remain under consideration, not all of which will be publicly shared. You know, so he ended up getting suspended. I don't I don't think that the guy should lose his job over. He's shown enough for his more. Even no. in a, even in another in another Twitter, he posted another uh, another thing on Twitter and said, I made a mistake and I own it. Yeah, I mistakes take mistakes come with consequences and right. I accept and agree with the suspension one hundred percent. Okay, that's cool, but I don't think he should be fired. No, no. I like don't I said, this is a teaching moment. You know, it's a teaching moment. We're trying to find that happy moment, that transition between cancel culture and guy. You know, especially with especially with a coach who, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I know I hate to I hate to be that person who's going to say sport over school, but when's the last time Creighton was ranked number fourteen going to the, going to the tournament? <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Cray- I mean, minute. we're talking about Creighton. You know what I mean? This is a good team. It's been a minute. This coach is bringing. Respect back to the program, and, and I get it. I know Creighton's more than a basketball team. It's a school. I get all that. I do. Hey, listen, you know, like I said, the, the guy, he showed remorse. And when do we, how do we not take him at his word? And so, okay, what is not, in, what is enough now? What I mean, what are, what are we looking for? Okay, you fired him, you tar and feathering him, what's next? Right, because this is this is a guy who, you know, the players on his team, on their jerseys, in the back of their jerseys, they have equality, mm-hmm. and they have a Black Lives Matter patch on their shirt. Right, which he had, which he had to have agreed right. to. He had to have agreed to that. So this is this. I don't think that comment was said with any kind of malice involved. It's not like this guy's a, a racist coach or anything. And like that. well, you know, you know I, mean? <laughs> I don't know what the point is. Let me let me put it to you this way. Like I say, we have to determine the point where you can forgive somebody for what they said. 
Absolutely. Especially if, like you said, he owned it. He apologized. Can we make this a teaching moment and move forward? Again, we got to stop throwing out the baby with the bathwater. This is probably a very decent man who says something stupid. Again, who among us can, can you know, who's, we not a perfect society. We say stupid things all the time all that we have time. to apologize for. The thing is, if you're a man, you're a good man, you're an honest man with some form of integrity, you will come forward and admit to what you did. Right. And he you seemed, up, and he did that. Right away and shut what it down. more do we want? Or attempted to shut it down. That's all I want. You know, okay, he's being suspended. I don't know if it's with, with pay or without pay, but he's being dragged through. You know, we, um, I did I did a little more. We did a little more research into it. And so, like I said, I've amended my opinion. You know, again, it was wrong. He should have known better. But the man owned it. The man apologized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, what happened to second chances? Right. You know what I mean? And 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 furthermore, I think that the chance of him saying something silly or out of pocket like this ever again is gone. Because he already realizes that, you know, especially because his job back, the chance that he got here. But he realizes he's already realized the consequence. Not to mention, you got to go back in that locker room and and get really now. He has to go back and explain to those guys, get it for those guys to know, and they should know any. But they, if they've been in the locker room with him, they know any better. But in the back of their mind, those kids going to be thinking, "Now, nah, wow, my coach, the guy that sat in my living room." Because remember, this is different. This ain't. This is not no, your agent talks to the GM. Yeah, no, this guy came to my house. This to coach my mama. sat to my came and sat in my house, ate my food, and talked to my mama. You know what I'm saying? So. Is he really a racist? You know, you know what I'm saying? That's he's gonna have to really get them back to guys. Listen, that was just something stupid that I said. You know, you know me, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you guys know me, you know what I mean? You know me, and we're by the way, we're number 14, so let's leave it at no, that. No, no, I don't I I don't care if you're number one, I don't want to be coached by a racist. Now I'm and again, I'm not saying that about him. Yeah, joke. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just, you know, like I said, you know, the guy seems contrite. He seemed he apologized. Um Again, what more do we want? You know what I mean? We can't fire everybody that says something stupid. I agree. You own it. You apologize for it. You, you, you understand the hurt that you cause some people, and you promise to be better. What more do we want from you? What more do we want from him? Mm-hmm. That's it. Moving on. So moving on. I think. With that note, moving on, let's go ahead and slide over to some baseball. Okay. It's that time of the year. It's March. You know, spring is in the air. Baseball is on the ground, hitting the fun, hitting the ground running. The boys of the summer are back. Yes. We have uh, a lot of – the offseason contain a lot of uh, moving around. We have some – the same faces in a lot of new places. Yeah. yeah, And uh, big names moving. Big names. George Springer is now with Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Trevor – Bauer. I don't know how you got so much money. Bowers playing in Los Angeles right <laughs> now. We're talking about somebody's overrated. <laughs> Extremely overrated pitcher right there. You know, I, I don't care what anybody and says. And again, I'm not hating on this guy. We're talking strictly on his body of work. Yeah, that boy uses Twitter. His Twitter fingers to get okay. himself millions. Yeah, he oh, he's the first baseball pitching Twitter star for sure. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. All right. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on with baseball right now. I'm I'm happy with the fa- the fact that baseball is finally back. It feels like it's been forever. Obviously, yeah. because of the COVID winter, so it feels like baseball has been gone for about a year and a half now. Yeah. But um, no, that's not the case. You know, we're we're here. No, we're back, and it's and it's opening day. Before you know it, opening day's around the corner, and, and it's actually going to be fans this April time 1st, around. Opening day is April first. Uh, and if you're playing in Texas, you're probably going to be playing in front of fifty thousand people. Although I wouldn't take the field with fifty thousand people standing I around. Think, me, I don't think. I okay. don't think. I don't think that Major League will allow that. I hope not. I really don't think Major League will allow that. I ho- and not only that, you know, Canada's still standing strong. They said they let nobody play either. Yeah, Canada's at. Look, 
Canada's looking at least June, July to get their to get their Blue Jays back over there. Okay, they're just being cautious, man. You know this, this you know this stuff. You know, it, which I'm okay with. You know, it, this is this is a lethal murder. It is loose in our community. We leave our do- if this was a lethal murder that was loose in our communities, would we leave the doors open? No, we close the doors, right? Exactly. So taking off your mask now is like leaving the door open and saying, "Come on in." Yeah, idiots. Anyway, we strayed. We strayed. So we strayed. you know, so far. Uh, we said George Springer, Trevor Bauer, uh, Francisco Lindor with the New York Mets, yeah, yeah along yeah. with Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, you know what, man? I know it's not on here, but it's something I got to say. Go ahead. All right, um, I got a real problem with the cheating scandal. It's been swept under the rug all this time. Last year, they were calling for people's heads. They were throwing at people's heads. Okay, yeah. so how is it that conveniently every one of these guys has his job back, except? with the exception of Carlos Beltran, who actually had immunity and was never convicted of anything. Because he was a player. Thank you. But he lost his job at the Mets. He never got his job back. The Joey Cora is back with Boston. Alex Cora. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Alex. Sorry, Joey. Alex Cora is back with Boston. And uh, A.J. Hinch has a job now, too. Who, to me, in my opinion, should have been the one guy who didn't get anything because he was the manager Alice Cora was just a bench guy. He Not was only that, you know what AJ Hinch was? I hate to say it, excuse me. AJ Hinch was the bitch. Okay? AJ Hinch knew exactly what was going on and said, I didn't know what was going on. Really? You didn't hear people banging on garbage cans on your bench? If you didn't know what was going on, then you're just not in touch with your locker. Thank you. You're just a liar. You're just a liar. And he should have paid the heaviest price because you were in charge. Right. There's no way you know you don't know what's going on in your locker room. And if what, and furthermore, if what you're saying is that there was a mutiny amongst your players and nobody was listening to you and they were doing whatever they want to, that's another reason why you should have no job at all. Right, because you can't control your team. But you know, you know, that's, he must he must interview really good, and he's part of the old boy network, so he's gonna have a job. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake Odorizzi just signed with the with the Astros for two years because if a cheating scandal don't stop you from getting a job, I don't know what will. Yeah. So yeah, like no, like I said, Jake Odorizzi just signed with the Astros for two years. That's another guy the Mets were looking at this season. Uh, Odorizzi's a pretty good pitcher. I'm, I mean, uh, it's a good land for the Astros. To he'll be behind. I'm pretty sure they'll put him behind. Um, what's his face? Uh, Granky over there and and Verlander. Yeah, Verlander. <laughs> he had a year off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little surgery involved, but he had a year off. You know, the one person that's that's uh, that's showing out everybody right now on both sides of the ball, obviously, is because he's a two way guy. Is Shohei Otani. Not only did he hit another 500-foot home run yeah. the other day, now he's he's impressed everybody in, the, in his uh, spring training debut on the mound, topping well, off at 100 miles an hour. I was going to say the guy throws 100 miles an hour. That would be that would impress me. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a stud. That's for sure. He's definitely a stud. You know, um, uh, another guy I want to send a little love out to Mr. Trout, who's going to have another stellar season, I'm sure. The guy is so good that he's gotten boring and people don't talk about him anymore. Yeah, he's got another MVP caliber season. Okay, you know, I mean, the guy, I mean, realistically, I guess he has the same problem with LeBron James. You know what I mean? You, you can't give him the MVP every year. But you can make an argument for the guy that he's the MVP every year. Yeah, it's like almost like we're tired of hearing about him already. Yeah, you know, I mean, and the guy the guy shows up every day, plays every day. I don't remember last time. Has he ever been hurt in his career? Has he ever oh. missed time? I'd have to look that up, but I'm not 100 sure. Exactly. It doesn't jump out at you. The guy shows up every day and plays game, plays his game every day. And he's, he's the best player. Most of the time, he's the best player in, in, in MLB every day. You know, again, no arguments. No, uh, he's not a troublemaker. No, uh, he's not on the on the uh, police blotter. So, you know, I guess the guy's gotten boring. 
you know, I'm here to tell you, uh, Mr. Trout, I love the way you play. A shout out because you a homeboy from New York. Okay, because he's from Long Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just wanted to say that. Love the way the guy plays, man. And he's a what? Still a five a five tool guy that still uses all five of his tools. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, like I said, there's a prejudice now about you know that he you know you, he can't win every year. You know somebody else has to win. That has nothing to do, <laughs> do with his numbers because his numbers are the same every year. <laughs> so on a more on a, on a separate note, you got um, Aaron Boone, who just who just coming back from it on Wednesday getting a, a pacemaker implanted into his. Heart. <laughs> you think you think the old George Steinbrenner was still running the Yankees? He needs Boone. a pacemaker. Boone's on his way. Boone's on his way to. He's traveled with the team to Bradenton and will manage the game against the Pirates tomorrow. Because Boone just ain't playing now. You know, he's like, all right, I got it installed. It's time to go back to work now. Nah, I don't dude, need no rest time, dude. He's got the number one job in sports. Why? <laughs> I gotta go back to work. <laughs> Manage, ma- managing a team like the Yankees, that job just doesn't grow on trees, man. He waited. He waited a minute for Joe Girardi to get the axe when he got that job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. I mean, so. You know, and I tell you what, I bet you Joe Girardi would go back gladly and take the job back again. You know? Yeah, because I don't think Joe Girardi's having too much fun in Philly. He's not going to have much fun this year either. So one of the biggest the biggest pieces of news from baseball this offseason is uh, what we saw with um, the kid over there in San Diego. Oh, Junior. Oh, Lord. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for, for those of y'all. You know what, I don't I'm, know how I feel about that. You know how I feel about it? Talk to me in 2023 or 2024 about Fernando Tatis. Okay. Other than the only thing I want to hear right now is that the man has incredible potential. And that's about it. So unless you've been sleeping what, on the what rock. What happened to body of work? Body of right. work doesn't count anymore? So unless you've been sleeping on the rock this past winter. Unbelievable. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., the shortstop for the San Diego Padres, just signed an extension for 14 years, $345 million, after playing 143 games in the Major League Baseball. Literally years. 143 games. That's not even the equivalent to one full season. 14, man. And they went and signed them for a 14-year deal. They said that, you know what, what you've showed us in less than a year, son, deserves fourteen a 14-year contract worth $345 So basically what they're saying is we know that in the year 2035, this kid's still going to be a stud. We know that you're not going <laughs> to We know that put nothing on is 40, happen. 50 pounds yeah. and, 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 and just eat yourself off the team. I mean, uh, Kung Fu Panda, right? Yeah, yeah. Got a beautiful contract. He held his weight together. Asked the Red Sox about that one. Went to the Red Sox. They opened the vault for him, opened the doors for him, laid out the red carpet. And, and he opened up the restaurant. And he ate himself out of the job. <laughs> ate himself out of a job, man. Yep. He ain't recovered since. Yep, yep. You know, um, the list goes on and on. You know, everybody, you know what? This reminds me of, it reminds me of LeBron James. Remember out of college when Nike gave him $100 million. I'm like, this guy ain't scored one basket yet. Right. You know what? Because but they had, you know, I guess, you know. What happens in sports? What happens in sports? And you can ask the Mariners about it right now because the Mariners are shitting the brick right now because their star prospect, Jared Kalanick, yeah. busted, hurt his knee. And they don't know what exactly what it is. They're calling it a knee strain. It oh, could be worse. Boy. It could be more. It could be less. Who knows? Exactly. But this is a guy who's played, you know, last season. He played last season up up with the big team and then short, mm-hmm. short season. So his body of work is literally probably yeah. about 70 games less than than um, Fernando Tatis yeah, hold, Jr. Hold on a sec. Okay, I was going to say, guys, in case – I don't know if we actually mentioned that we're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. 
So, in my opinion, is Seattle going to go ahead and give him a 14-year extension? Or are they going to wait? For He <laughs> hasn't even played 200 games in the major leagues yet, right? He hasn't played a full season yet. He hasn't played a full season. And you, I mean, I could see wanting to t- make him happy and tie him up. But are you crazy? As Mets fans, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at guy, a guy like, you know, we got, we got the, the, the crown jewel of shortstop in baseball in Francisco Lindor. He's going to want more money. Yeah, and not only that, he's uh, five years now. He's proved that he's worth it. Right. He's been in the, se- he's been in the system. He's been in the league. He's proved that he doesn't miss he's games. He's been to the playoffs. He's, is he, and he has the best ability of all, availability. He shows another, up every another night. Another guy who we have to give a contract soon to also, who's, again, proven himself since day one he put on a, a New York Mets jersey, is Michael Conforto. What does he, com- he command? Listen, son, this all goes back to the owners. They're always crying poverty. They're always crying, but they always do this to themselves. The It was the owners going back. I remember when you were a kid, Andre Dawson had the all-world year, and they didn't offer this man one contract. Of course, of course, you know, when they took the Major League Baseball, took MLB to court, it was proven to be collusion, and they had to be. But they basically, the owners got together and said, you know what, no contracts for nobody. So you took last year's MVP and didn't get a contract, didn't get one offer, mm-hmm. Okay. So the owners do this to themselves. You know, play the game fair, you know? So we got some crazy payrolls going on right now. And then you want the players union to fix the, fix everything for you. Go ahead. The Dodgers got $245 million payroll. I'm yeah. pretty sure. What is their luxury tax hit? We got to check that out when you get a well, chance. Well, the other thing is San Diego. Because now San Diego you got at third base, you have... um. He's Manny Machado, who oh, yeah. last year signed $330 million. And let's not forget, a couple of years ago, was big guy, Eric Hosmer, Eric Hosmer at first base. for almost $200 million. Uh, but look, what, what, was back, what was back then the highest? Con- right, San Diego's right. getting into the habit of giving out the biggest contracts and in now, baseball. And now. Now the they got a lot of money, don't they? Stop, you got another X up, $600 million. Not to mention, that you, you signed Blake Snell. Did Bill Gates buy that team or something we don't know I, about? I it? don't know. I don't know. San Diego's got money that we don't know about. I thought I guess, we had the richest owner in baseball. I guess that's I thought the Mets had the richest owner in baseball. Years and years and years and years of not of spending not penning any money. Because <laughs> they were you notorious for that. haven't spent any money since Tony Gwynn retired. Mm-hmm. So you got plenty of money saved up over there. I guess that's Dude, what it I is. forgot about Hosmer. Well, you could argue they got some kind of an all-star team going on over they there. Do. They do. I, I think, I me, mean, I think San Diego's going to beat the Dodgers. All season long, I think San Diego is going to beat on the Tell Dodgers. You what, it's going to be fun to stay up late night to watch those games. Because San Diego has more depth starting pitching-wise. Because if you want to talk about the Dodgers pitching, you have the kid, and that's it. Clayton Kershaw has already proven that, okay, he's got one time he won one playoff game San or two Diego. playoff games. One. Even a broken clock is, is right twice a day. Trevor Bauer, we know, is a choke artist in the playoffs, A, mm-hmm. and B, overrated. And he got all that money to live up to now. I mean, to me, it, it's the Bueller kid, the Walker Bueller kid, and, and yeah. the Ginger Guard. Yeah. Those are the two best pitchers. Young because studs. David Price, David Price ain't shit. Well, and David Price hasn't been shit for a while now. It just, you, you can't. He's a really good uh, six-inning pitcher, and he's really good in the, in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's still an unwritten, um, you know, he's still an un, unfinished canvas. Yeah, so I mean, and he's been be, hurt a lot of times. They're going to the be relying on. They're going to be relying on. But on paper, a lot of runs. But on paper, that's a scary staff. I but on paper, so. on paper, so. because we know that they've proven to not do anything. You know, 
Um, they're going to score a lot of runs. We know they're going to score a lot of runs because mm-hmm. they kind of have a murderous row lineup, but now so does San Diego. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think the Dodgers get a slight edge in, in the bullpen. Slight edge. That's about it. But I don't know. We'll see what's well, going to happen. That's a two-team division. You know, San Francisco's not going anywhere this year. They're definitely not threatening either one of no, these people. No, definitely not. Um, so that's basically a two-team division. It's not like the uh, National League East, which everybody is a consensus, the toughest division in baseball to the, uh, now. And we're gonna Again. T- and talking about the National League East, um, can you tell me a better starting rotation than what we have? No. I'm waiting. No, 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 no. The true Cy Young winner. We got a pretty good shortstop now, too. The true Cy Young winner. Yes. Yes. Not Trevor Bauer. The true Cy Young winner. Every again, consensus best pitcher in baseball. Followed by Carlos Carrasco. Yes. Who was very that was a big pickup. Who will be followed by all of a sudden Marcus Stroman has re become Marcus Stroman. We hope. He can stay healthy. He's pretty good. And so far. then we have Taewon Walker. And you know, Mr. Peterson had a pretty good outing. And Peterson told. And Joey Lucchese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then we're not even talking about we're not even talking about the return of Thor, Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, and he's way ahead of schedule, from what we're hearing. And then we had we know we we know what's coming out of the Mets bullpen, and we know what the Mets bats have. We only had the highest team batting average in this in the league last year. Yeah, no, we are set up for a run. We are set up for a run. You know, I'm sure uh, Atlanta's going to have something to do with it, like usual, because they're a perennial thorn in my side. Yeah, Atlanta. Uh, Go fall off a bridge somewhere. You know, I wish they would put them back in the West like they used to be. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Or in the South. Yeah. Where, where they should be. Right. You know. So, I guess we got to keep everything even, I guess. I don't know. So, yeah. you know, really briefly, uh, we're going to do a really quick touch on um, NCAA baseball, just like we quickly touched on the NCAA basketball thing. Uh, NCAA baseball season is finally underway. Uh, yeah, you know... Um, uh, and all these top 25 teams, I think I've seen every single team play already. You know, if you don't subscribe and this is not a plug because they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't sponsor us. They don't give us no money. But if you don't subscribe to ESPN <laughs> plus and you like baseball, you like watching college baseball, get to ESPN plus. Cause you can watch every game for the most yeah. part. Yeah, if you're one of those junkies, you, you, it's a pretty good deal to have. Um, Arkansas, number one, Vanderbilt, number two, Mississippi state, old miss. Louisville, Florida, UC Santa Barbara, UCLA, Miami, Texas Tech, LSU, Georgia Tech, TCU, South Carolina, Oklahoma State, Virginia, East Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Oregon State. See, some of the usual powerhouses are not going to be usual powerhouses this year. Yep. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Boston College creeped into the top 22, which is a good thing. Nice. West Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina rounding out the top 25. Um, you know, everybody knows every year for the last seven or eight years now, Vanderbilt's always at the top. Vanderbilt has the two best, hands down, best pitchers in college baseball right now with Kumar Rocker at number one and Jack Leiter at number two. Uh, Mets fans, you know Jack. Jack Leiter. You know the name. It's very familiar. Son of our oh, our former pitcher, Al Leiter. Al Leiter. Who his son probably throws about ten miles an hour more than he does. Yankee fans can. And he's a right-handed. He's a right-handed guy also. You know, um, he's definitely not. He looks carbon copy of his father, but he's definitely not the same pitcher. He's taller though. 
right? A little bit taller. A little taller. A little bit taller. But, I mean, if you looked at their faces, you'd think they're the same person. Um, well, definitely, he definitely throws harder than his dad. Yeah, he's definitely not the same pitcher as his father. He throws a hell of a lot harder than his father. He's topping out like 99, 100. So, you know, those are two guys, um, you know, if you're thinking about the future of the, the Major League Baseball, those are two guys you're going to, those are two names that you're going to hear. Remember the name Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. Those are two two names right there for you. Um, yeah, you know, Oklahoma State. I like that team. Oregon State, I like that team also. This top 25 is pretty much going to be up and down. Let me ask you a question. Out of the mm-hmm. top 10 teams, mm-hmm. how many uh, teams have can't miss prospects? All of you them. can speak of all the time. All of them. All of them. All of them. All, right. all of them. Okay. Definitely all of them. Yeah, no, because the guys that come out of college are just about a year or two away. They're ready. They're grown. You know, yeah, their bodies yeah. are filled out, I mean, you know, especially the seniors. Uh, who was it? Last, last season – I'm trying to think. Two years ago, Adley Rushman was the number one pick. He's already he he, already, he played last season already for uh, for for Baltimore. He played he played I want to say at least twenty or thirty games last season for Baltimore, okay. and he was the number one pick in 2019. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because you know they're big. It's, it's a big difference drafting a college senior than it is drafting a high school senior. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. You know. I mean, uh, just. I would say for anybody, if you're looking for baseball right now that's not spring training baseball, watch college baseball. College baseball is it's it's well worth the show. These kids are not it's not like you're watching young kids play young kids play baseball like T ball or little league or anything like that. This is these are these are major league prospects. These guys most of these guys are top prospects that you're gonna end up seeing in the future. I know it's not the same it's not the same prettiness as watching NCAA football or NCAA basketball, but remember these guys are in the same pipelines. Uh, I know yeah. it takes a little bit longer to get up top, unlike the NFL and un- unlike the uh, NBA. It takes a little bit longer to get up top, but definitely watch what's going on because you're going to see really quality stuff well, coming out of these There's more nuances teams. and stuff involved. Yeah, yeah. Baseball. And you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of fun on the field, that's for sure. It's a different game, different <laughs> mentality, different attitude. Definitely, all the way around. 100%. All the way around. All right, so we're going to move on from baseball right now. We're going to get cold for a minute. We're going to get really cold for a minute because we're going to check into the uh, into the hockey rink. Okay. And we're going to just touch on some hockey right now. i tell you, um, getting off to a really pretty good start. Um, there's a few things going on. Oh, you know, the uh, Canadians fired their coach. This guy's in second place. That's tough. <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about the guy. we were talking about the, the the Canadian North Division, which is all Canadian teams, and these guys are serious. And there's another coaches on. I forget. I think it's the the coach of uh, Edmonton. The Edmonton Oilers coaches on the hot seat too. So he's the number two. He's team. in first place. He's the head coach for the number two team, and what he lose one job and then <laughs> got fired. I mean, lost one game and got fired. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Obviously, you know we we pay attention mainly. I pay attention to the teams in the north in northeast. Uh, you know, it's look it's looking pretty. The younger players, the up and coming younger players, are coming. Um, a little confusing lately is that the uh, what's what's going on with the with the Bruins. Um, so the Canadians fired Claude Julian. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> you know, that's tough. Talk, talk about expectations. But, but then again, that's the Yankees of the NHL. NHL. That's tough. You know? And I'm seeing the same thing with the Calgary Flames. And they're dead serious about their hockey in Canada. You know that. 
Calgary Flames, they, they fired Jeff Ward. Yep. Wow. Yeah. They pull a trigger over there quick. And oh, they're, 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 they're dead serious about that, man. They're not playing. You know what I mean? You, you, this That's is hockey, funny. buddy. This is hockey. You can. <laughs> they don't care about who's co- who's uh, managing. They never call, call for the head of the manager of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. But God, dog, man, let, let them mess up some hockey. They're they gonna be coming quick. That's hilarious. Anyway, um, uh, the season just getting underway. There's a few surprises going on, uh, and again, you know, um, the Rangers seem to have straightened out their problems. The Bruins seem to have straightened out their problems. Uh, one thing that I really can't understand, why such a good team like the Devils? The Devils have lost seven home games in a row. Did their coach get fired too? He should. So he didn't. No, but no, he is. He's one of, that's one of the great coaches though. You know what I mean? But it's, it's one of those head scratchers. They win more games on the road than they do at home. That place, it was uh, the rock. It's a prudential center in uh, in New Jersey, in Newark. That's like, you know, that's like the ultimate home court to these guys. Hmm. They, they, I mean, talk about home ice advantage. I mean, their record is crazy. And all of a sudden they can't win a home game to save their lives. I mean, the Rangers blew, I mean, blown them out two games in a row at home. In, you know what I mean? So that's just one of those. Um, uh, but other than that, it's still early. Things are going. The next question would be whatever happened to me, me as a bad ad scoring. But we'll work on that for next week. So we'll quickly go over some power rankings in the NHL. Yes, please. Uh, we got Toronto Maple Leafs sitting at number one spot in the power rankings. Because um, they're really good. They're a really good team, apparently. <laughs> Followed by Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay has a hockey team. I mean, I know they've had a hockey team for a long time, but it's kind of crazy. There's, there's hockey good, in Florida. You know what else? You know, I mean, I know there's more than one team, but it's crazy. I mean, there's hockey in Florida. You know what it is? See, especially with these teams, you notice those none of the here's the first original six team, right? The Bruins, the the uh, actually no, Toronto's a, also an original team, but they uh, Tampa. Let's take uh, Las Vegas. This is their third year. There's hockey in the desert. You know, but uh, due to the, uh, I, want, I think it was the fourth year for them to the expansion system. Didn't they win? Didn't they win in? They won the cup in the first year. Yeah, but it's due to the expansion system now. The way they put together expansion teams, it used to be before you grab the last. You know, you can have the worst player on my team. That don't go no more. So in the top five, this is ironic to me. In the top five, hockey is generally a northeast, a northeast <laughs> know, sport, right? The warm weather. I know what you're so looking at. So we got two teams in the top five in the power rankings from Florida. In the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. Yeah. Boston Bruins sitting at number four. You know, old Boston Bruins. Yeah. Like you said, original six. Yeah, they seem to have gotten their feedback. Uh, they have I don't know how Philadelphia's number six. I, I really don't get that. If anybody, if you're going to put Philadelphia numbers, how about the Giants? I mean, the, um, sorry, the Giants. The Rangers beat them twice last week. I don't know. Minnesota Wild is seven. Carolina Hurricanes, eight. Another warm um, weather team. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, Washington Capitals, Winnipeg Jets, New York Islanders, Chicago Blackhawks, Edmonton Oilers, Pittsburgh Penguins, St. Louis Blues, Los Angeles Kings, Arizona Coyotes, Dallas Stars. Wow, where are the Rangers? They're not in the top 21. Calgary Flames. Even though they won, set, they won five in a row and they're beating everybody into, into submission. Montreal Canadiens, Nashville Predators. Damn, how in that Montreal number 21? New Jersey Devils at twenty three. Well, that's because they've been losing everything. They go the Rangers at twenty four. Even though they just beat, they just finished beating the Devils two games in a row. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets twenty five, San Jose Sharks twenty six, Vancouver Canucks twenty seven, Sabers twenty eight, the Ducks at twenty nine, 
Detroit Red Wings at 30 and Ottawa Senators at 31. See, to me, I I mean, I'm going back to obviously it's been a while. Coach. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously it's been a while, but the Detroit Red Wings are a team that I've always heard of in as far as hockey is concerned. They're yeah, original that's 16 the old school. also, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it was a good team. They're yeah, sitting yeah. at the bottom of the barrel. And that's crazy. You know, but you know what is they rebuild a lot of these teams are rebuilding more like the Rangers. Well, I mean, I guess that's a good that's a good sign for the but number twenty four is ridiculous. The Rangers should be in the top ten, at least the top fifteen anyway. Uh, the I first mean, two months of the season, the Rangers had more wild and off of the unorthodox things happen to them. Yeah, not to mention our, losing their best player, Artemi Panarin, to some ridiculous charge in Russia from 15, 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, that's a political thing, though. Obviously, come on, we man. know that. I mean, Mr. Putin, we hear you loud and clear, baby. It's kind of obvious. So, you know, that's what's going on in hockey right now. I mean, hockey's, uh, you know. It's early. To, it's early. To it's me, fluid. To me, I mean, I'm a hockey fan come playoff time. Because uh, hockey gets testy like a mother in, in yeah. come playoff time. These boys like to fight. You know what? The fights are coming back, too, after they had pretty much taken them. You know, it's, uh, I know in the playoffs, the boys go at it. They yeah. go at oh, it in yeah. the playoffs. And even the hits, the checks get hard. I love oh, yeah. it. So, uh Yeah. Um, interesting story coming out of hockey right now. Um, unfortunately, uh, we found out we found out today that oh, Mark yeah, Pavlik, yeah, former member and star of the uh, Miracle on Ice Olympic USA Olympic hockey team from 1980, also played for the Rangers for a while. Uh, we found that he was found dead in a treatment facility in Minnesota. Uh, USA Hockey confirmed it on Friday. The cause of death is not immediately unknown. Mister Pavlik was 63 years old. And, um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting situation to me because hockey is a violent sport. We know hockey is a violent sport with the cross checking and the checking in general and then the fighting <laughs> savages on ice. And then, and then hockey has been watered down so much from yeah. back in the seventies and eighties, the way it used to be. The fighting has been watered down. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you got a guy like Pavlik who, you know, He's he had a little situation back in 2019 where uh, the police were called because he assaulted his neighbor, got into a little issue with his neighbor, and then he was charged with four counts of felony assault because um, he left he left his neighbor with several broken bones. So sound like a fight to me. Yeah, with a hockey guy, with a hockey player. Yeah, yeah. No matter if he's 63 years old or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, the judge ruled that Pavlik's Pavlik lacked the, inability, lacked the ability and rational to consult with counsel and is incapable of understanding the proceedings and is incapable of participating in the defense due to a mel, uh, mental illness or deficiency. CTE, right, right, right. Right. So they said that he assaulted his neighbor with a metal rod. So I guess the issue has been it was bouncing around the, the whole CTE thing. So then his sister comes out and says that, yeah, he to, she told the Star Tribune going all the way back to 2019 that the family believed that he was suffering from chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which everybody know. I mean, the better known term is CTE, which is a, a term that we hear a lot. The concussion disease. Yeah, a term that we hear a lot in football, the CTE, you know, and, and it's, we know, we know the story. We're starting to hear more about the story on how essentially these guys kind of lose it. You yeah. know, and, and whether it's, through the pain that they're in, the constant pain or the depression that they go through or everything that comes with the CTE where they eventually kind of just blow up. You know what I mean? Um, 
I mean, his sister did say that, that he is the most kind and gentle person you'd ever know, that this is not who he was towards the end. And so, obviously, it sent him into a, a facility Listen, know, for the mentally yeah. ill. You know what I mean? And then, unfortunately, he passed while he was there. So, I I would imagine that this is going to, that the family, obviously, would donate his, his brain to science. and I would hope so. So, we can study this, this disease yeah. more because if... If it comes out that this is this this is another person that we've lost, another you know star what, that we've you, lost. You don't and you don't hear much from hockey as far as CT right, is concerned. Right. I mean, because and they a, gotta have it. This is talk about a violent exactly, sport. All the board checks, exactly, all the slamming. Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. You know, hitting your head on the board, hitting your head on the ice. Not to mention the fights. Fist. The fight. Yeah, exactly. The fights where they clearly get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Get hurt. I mean, this is a guy, this is a star. You know, this guy helped us beat Big Bad Russia in 1980 in, in, in The Miracle on Ice. They made a movie about the damn thing. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I was, you know, I'm going to say when we when were ready to wrap up, I got to I gotta say, you know what I'm saying? You know, God bless him. And God bless the person that he killed, too, because I really don't he didn't know. He kill him. He didn't kill him. Okay, well, whoever he's trying to okay. I haven't really, and I'm saying that in fairness because I really don't know, and I'm, we need to do a little d- deeper dive on this, but I'm going to tell you for right now, I'm always going to remember him. I know he played in the NHL. He played for the Rangers, played for my team. But what I remember the most, that team, that team that beat that hockey team, that national team that beat Russia that he was on. As far as I'm concerned, that was the greatest victory in sports in my sports world, in my 51 years watching and covering sports. You, you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That is the, that is first of all, it was the biggest upset. Remember, this was the Canadian, this was the Russian Red Army team, the number one team that came to the NHL and whipped everybody's ass in the NHL before they ever played in in the Olympics. They beat the Rangers with no problem. They beat the Canadians. They beat a whole bunch of teams. The one team that they didn't they uh, they didn't beat was uh the Broad Street Bullies. Because basically what happened was the Flyers kicked their ass first. Yeah, the Flyers kicked their ass first. So, you know they beat them at the submission. <laughs> So Pavlik was a five foot eight center, all American hockey player at the University of Minnesota in Duluth. Duluth, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, he's known. He, I mean, he he did assist on Mike Ruzzoni's game winning Ruzio- goal. Ruzioni, yeah, that yeah. took down the heavily favored Soviet S- Union in nineteen eighty. Jim Olympics. Craig, a lot of those guys. Herb Brooks was the coach on that team. Um, he also played in the NFL from nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty seven, and then again NHL. Sorry, yeah. and then again in 1991-1992 season. He spent over five years with the New York Rangers and also also oh, yeah. played for the San Diego Sharks. I mean, San yeah. Jose Sharks San and the Jose. Minnesota North Stars. Might as well be San Diego. It was right next door. I mean, um, no, the guy had, this is the tough. Guy had a good, he had a, he had a real good career. And he, and again, I don't, I don't know if I'm putting enough emphasis on this. Maybe you had to be my age or a little older. And maybe this is, this is one of those things that we would be great to happen right now because it pulled the whole country together. But this was like, let me put it to you this way, okay? This this was like a like a high school team, not a very good high school team, a Division One One Triple A high school team beating the Dodgers in the World Series last year. Yeah, that's how that's how there was no way these guys could win that game, but uh, they did. <laughs> the New York Rangers actually released a statement as far as uh, Mark Pavlik's passing, and the New York Rangers cool. said that it was saddened to learn of his passing. And they also said in a statement that his determination, pa- passion, and dazzling playmaking ability mm. earned him an adoration of Rangers fans during his five-year tenure in New York. Yep. 
No, he was a good player. Mark helped inspire a nation through an integral role that he played on the Miracle on Ice in the 1980 Winter Olympics. Yeah. And they also <laughs> said that our thoughts and prayers are with Mark's loved ones in this very difficult time. That was in Lake Placid, New York. Listen, this is a guy, this is a guy to a lot of people, and in the sports world, he's an American hero. You know, he helped he take down, me. he helped take down the Soviet Union. At the t- you dude, that was during the Cold War. You gotta imagine that. Right. You know, and, and obviously it inspired the entire country to come together from whatever whatever issues that were going on. Everybody was watching this go on at the time, and this is exact. And then, you know, only talking. I'm only going to bring this up because we're talking about it because this is an Olympic thing. This is an Olympic gold medalist. Who this is one thing that they're talking about to bring back together America right now. That the Olympics coming up this summer is going to provide that we all get behind some team or athlete or whatever goes on in the Olympics team USA we're all going to get behind and we're all going to come back together as a country again yeah. after having dealt with what we've dealt with over the past year and a half now dude all of the vision that we've had as a country this game came on like eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday you know who's sitting right next to me watching this game your grandmother and your grandfather okay your grandmother you could understand was a little more Americanized but we talk about your grandfather okay Died in the world, Puerto Rican, who basically, if it wasn't baseball, he didn't want to know about it. But that's how that's how big this was. You know, it was us against them. It was us against the Soviet Union. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even put it, I wouldn't place it on Russian because that's a people. It was a gov- basically government against government, good against evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was back then when the Ronald, Ronald Reagan called, called them the acts, the axis of evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I was I was a kid, you know. I was I don't think I was even in I was in junior high school as a matter of fact. You know, actually no, no, I wasn't. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, no, actually I was in the military. Yeah, I was born five <laughs> years later, so um I mean, no, um rest in peace, Mark Pavlik, um, you know yeah. the whole nine. American Jim Craig hero. was on that team, Mike Ruzioni. An American a, hero. We lost another American hero, yes. and now we've lost him to CTE. It's starting to look God like. bless him. I hope I hope that in death he you know what I'm saying, maybe if they do, you know, uh Donate his brain, you know what I'm saying, and the outside so they can do a little more information. Maybe he can shed some light on what killed him, what actually took his life, mm-hmm. and maybe we can spare some other people going down the line with a little information on CTE. Having said that, uh, unfortunately, uh, enough of the sad talk. Thank you. Let's bring it back in and start talking about what's going on very shortly in the highly anticipated main event, UFC 259, Blahovich Adesanya. Oh, I'm excited. See, even in the billing, I'm not feeling that billing. Why is Adesanya's name second? Hey, listen. Th- that's saying that he's the champ. And it's not on. Well, because he's the challenger. His, his belt don't mean shit. His belt ain't on the line. Right. That's what I'm saying. His name yeah. should be second in the, I mean, first in the billing. Yeah. It's always the champion is second, right? That's what it's supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. There's no, you know what it is. I mean, realistically, Adesanya's side A here. Uh, so before we go into that, before we go into UFC 259, <laughs> um, I do want to say, the UFC announced the releasing of Alistair Overeem and Junior Dos Santos. Oh, that hurt my feelings, man. I, I think Dana gave up too early on the both of them. Well, you know, I think Dana wanted to cry when he said that. But I think the UFC, you know what this could be? This could be the purge of their feeling from no live gate. Right. You right. know what I mean? This could this could be it. You know, but the live gate, you know, and speaking of that, Dana's already talking. He's already in communication. He already called Texas to see if he could fill up a stadium. Yeah, they said he's itching for yeah, um, uh, I forget who was he. He's in communication with Houston now, but there was not. Uh, I think it was Dallas told him no, not yet. 
So he's calling Houston. You know, you know, Dan is not playing. Yeah, he's just trying to find somebody to open up the stadium and get okay, recoup some of that money. Where were we? Um, so we. I just oh. want to let. You, I just want to mention the the whole um, Dos Santos and um, Alistair Overeem being released. Yeah, there's been a, a slew of uh, guys that you could argue were part of the company's ascension, but unfortunately, you know, it's a business, and. When you, I don't, I've seen Alistair Overeem. He's been on a little good, a good little run lately. But the truth of the matter is, I don't see Alistair beating the champ. I don't see him beating Stipe. I don't see him beating Nganu. No, matter. I don't see it either. I don't see You it. know? I don't see it either. I don't, I don't, I don't see, see him beating the Black Beast. I don't see no, him beating Jarzinho. Well, you see what Jarzinho did to his lip. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Where are you going from there? I don't want to see it again. And the same thing with Junior DeSantos. Junior DeSantos was one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. He hit his ceiling already. Thank you. He come back, and it was just that it's not coming back. Think about this. He's the last. He he took the belt away from Cain Velasquez when Cain Velasquez was the greatest heavyweight of all time. Where's Cain now? Is he still a He's in the WWE, ain't it? You know, these he are definitely aging, ain't been in the in the octagon in a long these time. Guys are aging warriors, but you know what? You know what? You know what's the interesting thing? Because just because you were released from the UFC does not mean your career is over. Oh no! Because no. the majority of oh, guys also are Romero, go on and they released Romero too. These guys are going to go on and make more money in you know Bellator, that, right? or yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are going to go make more money in Bellator or wherever else they're going. They're going to make more yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bellator is kind of like the uh, the. Uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? No, what do you what do you call it? What do you call it in golf? Yeah, something like that. What do you call it in golf though? The Champions Tour. The Champions Tour. Yeah. Yeah, because they make a little more money than WCW. So I'm, yeah, WEW. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean WEC. Wow. So right now, right now we have um, we know the fight. The fight's gonna go. The fight's gonna go on tonight. Uh, main event: John Bohovich versus Israel Adesanya. But that's not the only thing that we got. The main card itself is gonna feature Tiago Santos. Taking on Alexander Rochik. That you know what? That's that's a sleeper fight of the night and nobody's talking about. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Okay. I could see that. I think that's gonna be a really good fight. That's yeah. gonna be the first fight that we'll see on the main card. Yep. Yeah. Anytime Tiago Santos gets in the ring, you know you know he's a paratrooper, right? From Brazil, right? Yeah. So that, that's gonna be followed by <laughs> And his wife for last week is his fiance, remember? Uh no, I, I don't remember. What was her name? Anyway, the blonde girl. Yeah, good. So that's going to be followed by Islam wow. Mahakev. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name, Mr. Islam, yeah, yeah. against and Drew Dober. Let me apologize right now to every female in combat sports. That, the blonde girl, that just did not come out right. I'm yeah, that sorry. was rough. That was, let me apologize again. Yeah, I have nothing but the ultimate respect for females in combat sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I clean that up right? So Islam Mahakev against Drew Dober will be the second fight of the main card. Yeah, yeah. And then All old right. Uncle Dana has fought, has And then it gets crazy. Has old Uncle Dana has thought it proper to bless us with three championship fights following that. You see Dominic Cruz is the main event on the prelims. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have Peter Yan taking on Aljamain Sterling. Oh Lord. I'm I'm nervous about that one. I'm a little scared. And then following that fight, we're gonna have Amanda Noons coming back. To take on Megan Anderson. Scared of that fight, too. Uh, Amanda Nunes is just an animal. Yeah. She's going to win that fight. But that girl is six foot one and truly 145 pounds, and she hits like a me. This might be the first girl, supposedly, that hits as hard as Amanda does. We okay, I, I, I've yet to, again, you understand? We know that Amanda hits like a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Let's see what Megan got. Okay? We shall see. That's and for sure. The, but you know the thing. The thing that I'm a little concerned about. Remember, Amanda is not. I mean, I don't know. We got to see if this new Amanda. Remember, the new Amanda is not the old lioness. The new Amanda's a mom. Yeah, this is Mama Amanda. Mama Amanda bringing her baby to her training sessions. How serious was she taking this? I mean, don't get me wrong. She is a mother. I'm not saying that you can't do both. Yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm going to be surprised if, because. If the will is there still. Yeah, and you know most champions, yeah, most champions, their whole thing is they're willing to die. Is she going to be willing to die now? Right. Right. You know, and, and and again, let me not say that. I don't want to come. Not, I don't no, want to no, come no, out no, like no, a. No, 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 no. You can't. You can say that because it's not. This has nothing to do with the sex. I thing. think these are legit questions. No, it has nothing to do with the sex thing because we'd be saying the same thing about a, a male fighter. True. Very who just true. Be, who's a champion? Who's been a champion for a long time at the top of his game? Who all of a sudden became a father? Very true. Like John Blahovich. Is the will still Blaho- the same? Same thing. I was watching him playing with his kid, and I'm saying to myself. Is the will still the same though? That's the whole thing. So, you know, and then, and then the main you're event. You're different. How can you be so mean when now your tender side, your gentle side has come out? So that's the main event. And in the main event, we're going to see John Blahovich yes, taking on Israel Asanya. Blahovich, who is also a, a brand new father. Are we going to see Izzy's first L? I think so. I think so too. And to be really honest with you, I hope that he demolishes him. But I'll tell you the truth. I I really think that Izzy is a lot more in play than most skinny light heavyweights would be. Because, you know, remember we said this the last time. We said this after Costa. It's time that we got to start stop picking against this kid. This <laughs> I've seen that fight with Acosta a few times. So talking about Acosta. Oh, yo, who, Mr. Who was wind up. <laughs> now, he's a, now he's a wino. He claims he was drunk. <laughs> The night before the fight, because he couldn't sleep, he said he started off with one with one drink, didn't put him to sleep. Then he took another one, that didn't put him down. Yeah. Next thing you know, he finished the whole bottle, and that finally put him down. Listen, I, I'm gonna tell you something about this poor guy. Not this poor guy, okay? You know, I understand the first day after the fight, dude. You were a wrecking ball. You were invincible in your own mind, and it's got to be hard to take that you got wiped out by this skinny guy who you said you were going to break his ribs. He couldn't hurt you. He don't hit hard. This guy put you down and beat, beat you, literally beat your ass from the first round yeah, to bro, he put you asleep. He talked a lot of shit on that one, and he talked a lot of crap. Did he not? He had us convinced that he was going to kill Izzy. He never laid a glove on Izzy, really. Yeah, Izzy put him down quick, fast, in a hurry. Oh my goodness, it was over before you knew it. I think it's different though. But Blahovich. Is a I think true light I think he has a little less skill than Costa, but he's a lot bigger. He's a true light heavyweight, and he's coming into that ring. You know, uh, Izzy said he was going to come in around one night, but he weighed out. He weighed at 200, 200 point something. Not, not quite two hundred. Never. He didn't get to the two hundred five pound limit. Not only that. Not only that. And Blahovich is going to come in at like two twenty, two twenty five. Not only that, Blahovich could fight a heavyweight. Yes, yeah. cutting weight to fight a light heavyweight. Yeah. Well, oh, that one thing Adesanya used to, when he was a kickboxer, used to fight heavyweights. But this is a whole other story. A kickboxer hitting you with them 10-ounce 10, 10 gloves what, what did, what, to getting what hit did with Blahovich, a four-ounce glove. What did Blahovich weigh in at yesterday? He weighed in at 205. But by now, so by me, now, he's he's around 219, 220. Oh, yeah, he's around 220 he right now. Easy. Yep, easily. 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 And I don't think is and you know in a way is he I guess it's smart for him like he said I'm not gonna go crazy he said I'm gonna put on a whole lot of weight what happens if I'm too slow and I can't get out of the way of Blahovich I gotta feel he he didn't want to 
alter his training much, which I could agree with that. You know what I'm saying? So if he came in at 200, well, he did put on weight. He came in, what, uh, 15 pounds over his normal weight, which is 185. Right. But that, to me, that sounds like his normal walking around. The kid's a big kid. You know, that's another thing. I hadn't seen him side by side. When I saw him at the face-off, side by side, Izzy's actually taller than him. Not by much, yeah. Yeah, not by, but I'm saying they'll be looking at each other eye to eye. But the thing is, that's where the comparison ends, as far as physical mm-hmm. is concerned. Everywhere you look at Blahovich, you say, God damn it. Please, I mean, if I was, man, if I was Izzy's parents, I'd be praying he don't get hit today. We see what Blahovich can do. Blahovich hits you warm. Izzy's a beautiful puncher, combination guy, and whatnot. But all it's going to take is for Blahovich to hit him with one. Remember, it doesn't matter with Blahovich. He knock you out with either hand. He ain't no problem. He he knock you. He don't even got to set up the punch. It doesn't even look good. He hits you with punches that are ugly. Mm-hmm. Remember that punch that he knocked out Ray's with, with his off hand. That was that was was that a hook? Was that a was that some kind of hybrid punch that was like oops? Oh shit! His face. I can hit him. Mm-hmm. And he put him and he and he put him on Queer Street. And Dominic Reyes is a lot of things. He had never been one. He's never been accused of having a glass jaw, you know. But then he he was already touched up a little. bit. Remember that she broke his nose. His nose looked like an upside down L. Remember? <laughs> I do remember that. But that was a beat down. Having said that, okay, I tell you what. I think the fight, the, the out of all of those fights, the fight that could be the fight of the night is going to be Sterling and Jan, because they're basically two different. It's a it's basically. A wrestler, I think if if Sterling gets his hands on Jan's neck and gets Jan's back, it's going to be over in a, in a matter of forty five minutes. You know, forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And another thing, okay, Sterling obviously wins the ground game. Jan does not want to go to the ground with Sterling. Okay, Sterling's a little bigger now. Jan's thing is, he's the striker, he's the bomber. But he's going to have to bull rush Sterling. And Sterling will knock your ass out with some of them crazy ass kicks that he throws. So y'all are going to have to walk through some stuff to get to him. And then he's going to have to work. He's not going to be able to come through there crazy throwing everything in, the, everything in the book because he has to worry about the takedown. So you understand? He can't come in front foot heavy like a regular boxer and just start nailing. Because gonna- he misses one punch, Sterling's going to take him to the ground and that's it. But is there going to be a difference with Peter Yan? Training at ATT. It's only been a couple of weeks. You don't. You don't. You don't become a greater. Re- I mean, I, he probably got better. I wouldn't doubt it. He's been there for the past four weeks. Yeah, but you, you're not. You're not. He couldn't get, train. Yeah. He couldn't train in, in in um the. Yeah. Yeah. Russia. No, it wasn't. He doesn't usually and train in the Russia. Other, the other. The other. In Thailand. Gym, yeah. Yeah. In Thailand. He usually trains, so he couldn't yeah. train in Thailand because of COVID stuff, obviously. So he went down to uh, Coconut Creek to mm-hmm. go fight an American top team. Yeah. So he worked with a new Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coach, ATT's Marco Damata. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Is it gonna be different? Does no. he have a better four weeks is not enough to he should not even let me put it to you this way, okay? You'll see in the corner tonight. The last thing gonna tell him is don't go to the ground. He'd be a fool to go to the ground. especially unless he got unless he, he, he got uh sterling wobbly, unless he hurts him. You understand what I'm saying? Then yeah. you don't but other than that, I wouldn't you know, no. It, listen, the easiest okay, the easiest route route for Jan to win is to keep the fight on the ground striking. The easiest way for Sterling to win the fight is to take him to the ground. However, however, I believe that Sterling has a better chance of catching Jan with something because Jan will come in wild throwing his bombs. 
You understand what I'm saying? Because he has to think about the takedown, whereas Sterling don't have to worry about getting taken down. He he wants him to take him down. He prays that he comes in and takes him down. Right. So he could actually stand back there and throw crazy kicks and all of that because getting taken down is not a problem for him. Mm-hmm. The last mm-hmm. place Peter wants to be is on the floor with Aljamain Sterling. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. That fight's not. I mean, it's tonight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the fight's not too far away. Where we got it's, uh, a couple hours away right now. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun yeah. one. And I tell watch. you what, if there's anything going on with the, the uh, so far, the undercard has been brutal. Everybody's getting knocked out. So a lot of knockouts in the in the early preliminary fights. A lot of knockouts. Yes, go, sir. Go watch. Did we miss anything? I mean, we could talk about it all night long, but I mean, we got other stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so we're going to move on. We're going to stay in the fight game. Yep. And we're going to move on to boxing, 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 boxing. Uh, History set by uh, Miss Clarissa Shields. Yes. Who's become the first undisputed champion. Two divisions. She's just dominating everywhere she goes right now. Oh, yeah. She's definitely the best. She's, she, again, she right now, she's like, it's like a grown up fighting with children. Not, Again, I'm not calling her competition children, but she is head and shoulders a bit above the competition. These girls can take one hell of a bop. I'm gonna tell you that either that or she doesn't hit hard. Well, you know she, what I'm saying? She's clearly bet. She's clearly bet everything. Put all the chips into the table, and so in this in this coming season, I mean, this coming year for her with boxing, MMA, MMA, and stuff like that, she's getting ready to take down, take on the world. Yeah, um, I tell you what, uh, you don't learn. Wrestling and jujitsu in a year, okay. Remember, it's it's ridiculous to say. You know, we've seen them. We've been to the att the to the att gym in Coconut Creek. They starting there. They, I mean, these kids these kids got pampers on. They got diapers on, and they rolling around on the mat. Yeah, yeah, but she got the hammer. Yeah, um, as long as the fight is standing up, but if they take it to the ground, see. But that's what she's been learning. And and then where else? She, and she's in. She's doing Jackson. She's uh out there with John Jones and Holly Holm. At Jackson MMA, Jackson Wink MMA. Yeah. So, you know, she's at she's the top. She's from the best. She's at the top of the food chain as far as that's concerned. She's learning from the best, yeah. So, you know, and we all know about her hands, obviously. But, um, uh, you know, the rest of these girls are going to know, I'm not trying to get hit by this girl. I just want to take her leg and get her down. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. But um, uh, much props to her by winning another title. You know, the thing is, her talk has been so much lately, so big on her M- transition to MMA, that she's pretty much overshadowed her fighting, her boxing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Because she's been really going at it hard. I mean, her kicks are looking real good. You know, the question is what happens when you go to the ground. You know, the instincts, you know, it's just like with boxing. You can't turn MMA guys into boxing guys all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Look at Conor McGregor. He did about as good as you could possibly do, but when the proverbial stuff hit the fan, he didn't have the muscle memory, or or he hadn't been, and then, you know, basically Floyd took him out to deep water and drowned him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. didn't know how to swim in that deep water. You know what I mean? And basically, that comes from all the years in fighting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this is what I'm talking about. What happens when she gets taken to the ground the first time she gets back up? The second time, what happens? She gets taken to the ground, and you know when she gets uh, taken to the floor in the third round, and she's tired now. Because you know what happens with these guys when they get tired. That's when you see that they don't pop right back up. They they're content to stay on the ground. They're just gonna put up their hands and defend themselves. They're not so so much of in a rush to get back up because they're tired. They're laying down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's tough. It's tough. That's all I'm saying. But talent wise, if anybody ought to be able to do it, would be Chris Clarissa. Tell you the truth. I mean, she's on top of her game right now. Think about it. She's the champion in two divisions. 
She's about to jump into MMA, and Dana White loves her. Dana White wants to put her on, so she's got a leg up. She's got the best trainers in the world just about. Mm-hmm. Um, upcoming in boxing, we do also have a, a – a, it's uh, on, it's going to be on Dazen. It, uh, from Dallas, Texas, we got uh, Juan Francisco Estrada taking on Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez for two belts, for Gonzalez's WBA belt and for Estrada's WC belt. Chocolatito WBC, is back. Sorry. Chocolatito's back in the mix, man. I'm happy mm-hmm. for him, man. Mm-hmm. There was a while there he was taking some shots. It was looking like he was about to, you know – Go out the back door. Um. Then, you know, we have Canelo's next fight against Billy Joe Saunders. I don't know. I, Billy I, Joe Saunders is going to give him just a little, slightly more trouble than that Alva Dareem Dean Dean guy. I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on with Canelo right now. Canelo is um. He's running the show, and he is yeah. not really fighting anybody. It's about getting money for them now. It's about the least. The path of least difficulty. When was the last time he had a big fight? You know what it is? Ever since Triple G, that, you know, it was a little crazy, two fights there. Yeah. They're like, you know what? We can make the same amount of money, maybe more, and we don't got to worry about getting knocked out. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, uh,. Well, he's he's moving up as fast as he can to get away from some of these younger guys. But I mean, when do the Charlo brothers get a break? There's plenty of big guys in, in the lightweight division, in the, in the, well, light, the, in the middleweight Charlo division. That's what I said. There's plenty in the. Dude, he's a blown up light heavyweight, Lance. He he's not tall for a middleweight. As a matter of fact, it's just he keeps he's a thick guy, so he just keeps putting yeah, on Can- weight. Canelo's belts right now are super middleweight. Yeah, exactly. He's running out of that division because he don't want to fight those guys. He never fought them. So he's going for it's going to be for his belts, obviously on the line, and as well as Billy Joe Saunders, who has the yep. WBO belt. <laughs> That's going to be in May, May 5th, exactly. Listen, he, he's Billy Joe Saunders. You know what the problem is? The, the poor thing for Billy Joe Saunders is he's a fighter. He's coming to fight, and he's got some talent. So he's going to last for a little while. He's liable to take a worse beating than, than uh, I can't say that guy's name, uh, the, the guy that he fought last night. Neither can I. And last I, I have no interest last in weekend. you. know. And I'm going to tell you something else. While we're on that, a big, a big... I don't know what to say to the to the WBC. A big shit ball for you is how is this guy rank number one? How in the, I mean, other than pure, I don't care about what anybody thinks. How did you make this guy number one? He hasn't fought in two years, and his last fight he lost by KO. I don't know. I how don't does know. he get to be number one? I don't know. It, it it's it's because they're looking for a cream puff to get paid. Boxing, <laughs> it's boxing, and and this is the black eye. This is why so many people, myself included, have shifted over to MMA, yeah, and mainly yeah. the UFC. Because come on, man, you dug up this guy hasn't fought in two years, and his last fight was a loss, and he's the number one contender to Canelo Alvarez's belt. And what, yo, in what straight face do you say that? I mean, you know, I mean, that's one of those where you cover your face. I call bullshit. You know what I'm saying? One of, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not. Like, it's not like I don't know. That's just the arrogance. They don't care about the fan. That's the whole point. They give two shits about the fan. Come on, man. It definitely, it definitely doesn't belong fighting in the same ring as Canelo Alvarez. That's for sure. Avni, no, Yildirim, dude, and he gave up on the corner. He wasn't even that beat up. He was like, nah, you know what? You guys were right. I don't belong in the ring yeah, with this guy. Yeah, his corner's the one that threw the, threw the Yeah, they're like, well, no, no, no. We got a party to go to later. We already got paid. We're not getting this kid killed. 
they dude, they probably came to that conclusion in the lock. They probably came to that conclusion during training because trainers ain't dumb. They go to the third round and we get you out. They're like, you know what? There's nothing we can do for this kid. I'm starting to get a soft side of him. I like him. He's like a son of mine. I'm not going to let Canelo kick his ass. Yeah. The minute shit looks bad, we throw it in the towel. No, he hurt his shoulder. He dislocated his shoulder. Yeah, right. So, the, thing right now, the, 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 the interesting thing right now is it looks like Teofimo Lopez is going to come, come away from top rank. Because supposedly a com- a up- uprising tech company yeah. called Triller, who was the company behind the uh, Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight, is going to be promoting Teofimo's next fight, his next title defense against George, George. Cambosos. They won, they won the bid. Yeah. and But the problem is why they think they can get out of the contract is because apparently top rank went to DAZN, 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 whatever the heck they are, and told him, don't bid on this fight. We'll give you, we'll give you first priority on the next one. So they they're trying to drive their own fighters' worth down so they could pay him less. Yeah, he's he he said he's still mad. They're still mad about the the Loma fight because okay, he said okay, I'm gonna take the short money, but I'm gonna come out the other side of the champ. I'll yeah. be the man. Yeah. Then then I'm gonna get my money. So he said they're still trying to treat me like I'm like you know like I'm lining up for Loma. Oh, he beat Loma already. That's right. And as far as I'm concerned, he's side A now. And every time we come to the negotiation table, yeah. my guy is side A. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody said, all them people claim, everybody that is anybody, I always had my doubts. But anybody that's anybody would say that Loma, if they didn't say he was the number one pound for pound guy, they said he was top two. He's in the conversation. Correct? Mm-hmm. So obviously the guy that beat him, uh, I mean, he ain't chopped liver. So Loma said, what Loma said was, I love ESPN and the platform and everything that they have done for Team Lopez and the takeover. Yeah, he's not happy. However, I am thankful that my team stuck to our guns. Lopez said in a statement to ESPN's Mark Kriegel, we knew what we were, were being offered and it was disrespectful. We expected open market, open market would value us differently and it showed today the $6 million the $6 million from Triller right there says that top rank does not value the best fighter on their roster. No. I look forward to my title defense against George Cambosos and stay tuned for the fight date. Yep. So Triller. Basically, they made this fight, the fight in spite of top rank. Right. Who was trying to devalue him. Right. Which is stupid. It's, no, your guy. it's just crooks. They've, they've been crooks forever. Everybody was always so busy looking at Don King, they yeah, forget. I was just going to say that. You know, that Bob Arum was the next worst crook ever. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. You know, and they, they think about, about, think about the list. About Don King, yeah, right? think about the list of fighters that have run away. Only Oscar America. De La Hoya, uh, Mayweather, Sugar Ray. I mean, the list goes on and on. Going back to Muhammad Ali, who told Bob Arum to take it and do what he, you know, uh, you know, you know. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. I mean, he's got, a, he's fighting a, Combosos guy, I don't know who that is. I He's a pretty. That's a that's a live fight. That's a live fight. In fact, if I was one, I I wouldn't. You know why? Why doesn't he get the benefit like other champs? You know, it, this only happens in boxing. though. it doesn't happen in, in the UFC. But other champs, you know, you win the hard fight, you get a couple of, you know, you get a little, a couple, you know, to pad the pocket. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Before you yeah. get the big fight, you know, you get some yeah. money. You know, <laughs> you know but, but you know when you're. Teofimo Lopez, and I guess you don't have the name like that yet because they give other guys, they give, they're giving other guys more respect than they give him. Look at all the respect that they're bestowing on this Garcia kid. Yeah. Okay. Garcia's getting big money. I mean, you know, everybody, and, and, and off of what? 
Because he, he knocked out Luke Campbell? And and, and <laughs> let's forget that Luke Campbell would have been twice. any better if she had knocked him out. He had Luke him out. Luke Campbell put him down twice. Though. And he was hurt way worse than Campbell was. Campbell was, got stopped from a body shot. And if you ever been hit with them body shots, you know it's 35, 40 seconds before you can move again. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with your head. It's just your body ain't moving. It, it's not stop cooperating, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, we'll see what's going to happen with that. I mean, the rest of the, the, rest of the fights were, uh, I mean, the rest of the divisions Terrence Crawford's still who he is. Errol Spence is still who he is. I talk about, you know, I was just thinking about those five guys you just talked about, okay? Why, I mean, if this was the UFC, we would have already seen Spence and uh, and Bud Crawford get it on. That is the fight that everybody's, that is the, and if we don't, and if we wait much longer, one of them's going to be out of their prime. Right, and then the other thing is, Teofimo against Devin Haney, when's that Thank you. Or, or, or Javanta. Where's Javante in the mix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. is a champion. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's you know, true. and he he has to have gone up in estimation after what he did to Leo Santa Cruz. Even though Leo Santa Cruz was doing a job on him, mm-hmm. he did knock out somebody that had never been knocked down before. You know what I'm saying? Right. That was the uppercut from hell. <laughs> right. See, so a guy like Ryan Garcia, who is technically the WBC interim champion, technically, mm-hmm. He, he's I can't believe division. he's a champion. What, what, he's in that same division. He's not yeah. going to beat a Teofimo Lopez. He won't be. He won't beat Devin Haney. Nope, nope. And he better not. He keeps His calling out. He keeps co- enough. He keeps calling out Javante. Javante gonna knock. He hits him in one shot. It's gonna be night night. Yeah, and 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 these guys, the enough. guys that you just mentioned, are not gonna be in shock when he goes down because they've never seen him go down before. Right. Exactly. They're gonna be like, oh, it's on for you. Remember that was the one thing. Russell never jumped on him. Campbell. Campbell. Did I say Russell? Yeah. Campbell never jumped on him. Campbell's right. like, oh, my God. I knocked somebody out. And oh, he's the, and he's the original pillow hands. He don't knock nobody right. out. That's and, what I'm saying. He and he put him on Queer Street. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I knocked somebody out. Finally, it's about time. So, you know, I'm sorry, man. And it, where people saw speed, I saw a slow-footed, slow-fisted guy who was throwing haymakers and bombs. Which, to me, if you got knocked out by that guy twice, yeah. that's a problem, son. Yeah, it's going to be a definite problem, you know? You, but, you don't got the, that, that classic Mexican jaw. But you know what also that comes from, Lance? Remember, traditionally, what I grew up watching, what you grew up watching, the fighters that dedicated their whole life to fighting. You had to fight 30, 40 fights before you got a title shot. Now... You go on YouTube and you throw a few jabs, you hit the heavy bag a little bit, and all of a sudden you're, you're somebody. Well, that kind of leads into what we we're going to talk about next. You know how today's boxers are turning to Twitter to create big fights. And he's one of them. Yeah. Ryan Garcia is one of them. Yeah, well, he's the king of it. I got to say, though, this kid is some kind of marketing genius. I got to say that. He started that on Instagram a couple Dude, years that he's in the that, conversation. Bro, this kid has speed. never fought in no Olympics. He's never fought in no Golden Gloves. He ain't. He's not even his local town champion for that matter. Right. With his speed, he started that a couple years back with the speed that you know, putting videos on Instagram and on mm-hmm. and on Twitter with you know hitting the this, the the speed bag and just showing how fast he yeah, was. Yeah, but then you look at him now and you look at that fight against Gary Russell. Gary Russell was faster than he was. You know, against live fire, live opponents, he don't look that fast to me. And them punches are long. That hook is coming from 17 miles away. You know what I'm saying? Somebody with a little bit more. But, you know, the point that I'm trying to, that I'm getting at is if he'd have done it the traditional way, did your golden gloves, trial for the Olympic team, run through the amateurs like you're supposed to. You understand what I'm saying? There's no telling that this kid might not have been great because he obviously has some skills. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. 
Don't cheat the process. He's cheating the process. And what's the consequence of cheating the process? You get separated from your consciousness. Yeah, and you think you're the king and you wear a crown everywhere Come you on, go. this kid came to the ring and that was so disrespectful to all the great fighters who have never thought to come into the ring on no goddamn throne. You know, Tyson Fury did that, but Tyson Fury was actually the champ. Yeah. You mean, know, and then he went out and backed it up. You didn't deserve to do that. You haven't, your, your body of work didn't deserve that. Yeah. Hey, and speaking of Tyson Fury, we ready to move on to this? Yeah, T-Mac, T-Fury and Anthony Yayua. You know, I'm going to tell you something. This Fury and Joshua. First of all, one question. Whatever happened? Wasn't there a rematch clause between Wilder and Fury? Wilder is up. Not that I really want to see that Wilder. right now anyway. Because, uh, you know what? And let's, let me let me touch on that subject before we go. Wilder's on. wild. Okay. I used to be a big fan of Deontay Wilder. Okay. I, I bought the Kool-Aid. You know, I used to, I saw the videos of him with his daughter and all of that. And he's the perfect guy and he's doing this and he's doing that. You always hear that stuff about the media coming up. They're all great when they're winning. He's classic front runner. The minute something goes wrong, you start to see the cracks. You throw everybody on the bus. You start throwing people under the bus. Turns out now that he trained when he felt like training. He does like to party. He come in late and decide he wasn't doing no heavy bag today, so couldn't nobody tell him to hit the heavy bag today. You know? And of course the one guy that had the boxing experience, the guy that was a champion, Mark Breland, was not the boss. JD's is the boss. The guy who had never fought before, who's actually his head trainer. Which is crazy. Okay? But he found Deontay when Deontay was a pup and he, you know, he he molded, he brought him up. You know what I'm saying? He had the crazy idea, dude. You know what I'm saying? So the point that I'm trying to make now is all of a sudden, Mark Breland is the bad guy. Mark Breland didn't go in there. Mark Breland is not the guy that refused to use his jab. Every bit of advice that Mark Breland gave that man in the corner sounded like winning advice to me. Now, you go out there and you can't implement it or you didn't practice it enough because you didn't train enough. Mm-hmm. That's what training is. Training is for when things get bad, for when your bell gets rung. Yep. Your muscle memory takes over. Your body fights by itself because it's been trained to go there already. This but his amateurish, amateurishly reaching for to block those punches. That's when you know a guy don't know what he's doing. When he reaches out, when they got their hands out trying to block punches, like trying to catch punches in the air. Yeah. That's when you get knocked out. He learned that lesson the hard way. You know, and again, and but again, you see, he talks so much shit. He had us in such a that you're not really looking. You know what I'm saying? When you really, when it really turns down to it, and after the research that I've been doing and I've been looking into, I've been redoing all his fights. The guy's a one-trick pony. He hasn't gotten better yet. He hasn't gotten better ever. Which yeah. also, which leads you to believe that what Mark Breland is saying is true. He doesn't listen to his trainers in in uh in, in uh in training camp. He basically does what he wants to. If he don't feel like hitting the heavy bag today, nobody even mentions the heavy bag because they don't want him to get mad. Right. I'm like seriously. Now, obviously, they get, they're all getting paid some nice bucks. That's why they all, you know. But the only reason he's coming out is because, you know, he's been attacking Breland left and right, and now his feelings are hurt because Breland spoke up. Breland's yeah, like, wait yeah, a minute, dude, 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 I'm an actual champion. I won I won my belts. I did the Olympics. I did the, I won the Golden Gloves in New York five years in a row. I won the Olympics. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I went the hard way. I won the belt. I fought the real guys. You understand what I'm saying? For you to stand here and say... That Mark Breland didn't know what he was doing. That Mark Breland should have let you die. That's a fool talking. That's a fool talking. If you are a fool, you don't deserve Mark Breland as your as your man. Who who's gonna be your trainer now? Nope. Well, 
His, Jump in and help me boy. anytime. His other boy. You know, and again, I, I, I like this kid, but again, I start to look back now, and let's be realistic. These two Tyson Fury fights, if he doesn't knock Tyson Fury down three times in the first fight, he would have lost both fights. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Let's look back a little further. Carlos Ortiz. Carlos Ortiz was tuning his ass up. Until he ran into that vaunted right hand. Yeah, you know that saying? was it. Right yo, there, that yo. right hand ain't no joke. But Carlos Ortiz had him hurt in both fights. But that's all he got was the right hand. Thank you. He was tuning him up in both fights. But he walked into that right hand and it was 9-9 nurse, you know? Right. So let's wheel it back. Good. No, no, I'm saying so let's wheel it back. And, and what, so the reason why we're talking about, we started to talk about right. Tyson Fury is because are we ever going to see that Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua? And, and I hope so because I'm going to tell you something else. I think Ty, I think Joshua is, is is worse than Fury, because at least Fury. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, worse than Wilder, because yeah. at least Wilder had that still has that right hand from hell. Okay, Joshua hits hard, but he ain't nothing like what Tyson with uh Deontay. He he might be a better a little bit little bit better boxer, but I'm not 100. The listen, the best fighter and the best boxer out of all of them is Fury. Yeah, he's the best boxer. That's for sure. Okay, he knows he understands defense. He understands distance. Which neither Joshua nor Fury understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He understands the pace of the game, and he knows how to walk the ring, how to get out of harm's you mean, way. Which, which neither Wilder or Joshua understand. Thank you, because Fury you know when they get hurt, that. they're done. Yeah. yeah. Again, think about who put Joshua to sleep. And when speaking, where's where is it? Where is Ruiz? I don't know. I heard he lost a whole lot of weight, and he's ready to go. Because I, I tell you what, that guy's got skills. Okay, he just didn't. Respect himself and then get in the best shape that he Ruiz, could. Ortiz, those guys they just they just you know they just lost the name. And they won't. Nobody on, wants to fight him, and especially after what he did to Joshua. Of course, nobody wants to fight him now. Focusing on Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua right now. That's why, and that's what everybody's talking about. That's, I can't wait to see that fight if we ever see it. Yeah, and and I worry. Like I was talking, we were talking about earlier. I worry that the longer Fury is away from an actual fight and an actual, you know, guys like this that have had trouble with. Stuff in the past, you know what I'm saying? Um, their issues, yes, weight issues, and he's also had drug. He's let's face it, he had cocaine issues too. Yeah, boy, like you know, the guy likes to party. You know what I'm saying? But when he's serious and he's got stuff in front of him, he's got you know uh, goals. Yeah, next fight is this one. Next fight is that one. Set. I can go to the gym. He's a beast. But when he has he like any other person has issues with with substance and just idle times the double for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the fights that I wanted to talk about is an upcoming fight. Um, uh, back in a couple of months ago, we saw Edgar Berla- Berlanga from Brooklyn, New York, Puerto Rican fighter from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, this kid got the hammer. Sixteen and 16 KOs in his career. Yep. Um, he's gonna be fighting April twenty fourth against Desmond Nicholson. Um, I think it's that's another guy who is time. To, I mean, they're they're bringing him up slowly. They're doing yes. the right thing, but it's time for this guy to start getting some press. Well, they, yeah. Yeah, but again, they, you know what it is? They're doing the right thing. You have you're gonna have a bad night every now and then. You don't want it to be in your seventeenth fight when you got your first pay per view or whatever it is. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And you want to get them bad fights out of the way because you know we'll see if it comes. <laughs> truthfully, for these younger guys, a bad fight is a what? A learning experience. Learning experience. You learn way more out of losing than you do out of winning. Yep, yep. You know, give me a guy that 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 lost a hard fought. 10 round decision to a guy that's knocked everybody out in the first round for, for, for his first seven or eight fights. What do you know about that guy? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? I want to see what happens, like I said, when the fight gets a little dirty, when you get a cut. 
or when you got hurt, or when you got, took some body shots and you're running out of gas a little bit. Let's see when that second win is going to kick in. That's when you know. That's when you know about these guys get up off of the floor. You know, when adversity visits you, that's when we know who the true champions are. Okay? Yeah. If, you, if you're not a champion for the most part, that's when you win. As soon as you have an excuse to fold up your tent and go home, that's what happens. You fold up your tent and you go home, you know? So I, th- I think this kid, I think he's, I'm pretty sure that he's coming close to the record for first round knockouts. Yeah, I know. No, 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 no. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not a, uh, attaching that to this kid. This kid is being brought along. Don't forget, this kid, he spends a whole lot of time in the gym. I, I know who his people are. They're not rushing him through this. He's he's not a Twitter guy. He's no, not a Facebook not. guy. Facebook guy. You definitely know what I'm saying? Did I say face two? Yeah. <laughs> he's not a Facebook guy. This is a guy that's coming up through the ranks. Now, it just so happens that he is actually knocking everybody out. That's nobody's fault. You got to switch up. He says that he says that um, the funny thing is he, he says that I want to be that guy from Puerto Rico that fights in New York and brings all the Puerto Ricans to, into my hometown in Madison Square Garden. He said, I want to be talked about all He wants ESPN. to be Miguel Cotto. I want to be that guy. I want to be that young lion that's up and coming in the middle, the super middleweight division. And so far, he's showing to be that guy. Oh, he's pretty rock. He's pretty talented, and he's got rocks for hands. He's showing to be that guy to this point. I don't see any, I mean, we'll see what's coming up. But again, like I said, we all know that, you know, we got to see what happens when he has that adversity visit him for the first time. If it does. Well, it happens to everybody. Eventually, it's it's that's why it's called combat sports. It's a fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, definitely. The only way for that nothing bad to happen to you, and something still could happen to you, is if, they, if they got him tied up in the corner, his hands behind his back, and he got his ankles tied. You know, what I mean? and you can still blow out a shoulder or something, dislocate his shoulder, hitting him or something. You know, your hands are gonna take a pounding. You know. So, in this this last little bit, this last, not the last thing we're gonna talk about, but I want to hit something that we we really don't talk about too much. But um, we got some issues in sports right now that I, I, I mean, I know personally that I want to get some things off my chest of stuff that we've seen recently in more recent times. It's bugging the hell out of me. Um, first, I want to start off with, and I want your, your opinion on this also, is these minority hiring issues that we're starting to see. It's being more pointed at in football more recently, obviously. Yep. It, it, they're talking about it more in football, but it's, it's something that's going around all across sports, I think. Mm-hmm. But definitely football is the first thing that everybody talks about because, you know, black and minority coaches are not getting the jobs when they should be getting the jobs. It's because the sport is 76 percent black. And then and then what, what was what was the quote being said that if you don't want to lose your if yeah. you don't want to lose your quality, you don't want to lose your coordinator, coaches, hire black coordinators, hire black. Guy. Don't hire white coordinators, the, hire black coordinators. Where that's even become a saying. That's a problem. Okay, listen, and the first, the one and only time that I'm going to mention McCarpet Bag in Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? Is it a coincidence that every one of their coordinators is black? Who gets the job? Who are the most sought after coordinators in the NFL? The guys that are in the playoffs, the guys that the Super Bowl coordinators, you almost never make it to the next year. They take your coordinators right away, especially yeah. a guy like Byron Leftwich. Yeah. And then you have Todd uh, Bowles, who is a defensive coordinator, who used to be a head coach. Just got fired last year. You know what I mean? Got replaced for Adam Gase. And I forget who was on his second firing or third firing. And I forget who the uh, special teams coordinator is. But but like you said, I'm not worried about, you know, as sad as it is, 
I, these guys will be here next year. I, I can't, you know. But, but Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians, I mean, as much as, you know, because of the whole Tom Brady thing, it's it's a sore subject with a lot of people. But Bruce Arians, he's got that. He's got it going. Not only does he have the black coaches, not only does he have the minority coaches, he's got female coaches on top of that. Yeah, he's getting the best people for the best. For These the are job. the Super Bowl champions. He is getting the people that are the best for the job. So I mean that that says that says something to me that that just says something. He's got he's a Super Bowl champion co- head coach who has females and minority coaches on his coaching staff. Guys who won't get looked at otherwise. Yep. Because to, uh, uh, Byron Leftwich, the past two years he's been running that offense in in Tampa. The he past ran, two years he ran a pretty good offense in uh, in Minnesota too, didn't he? And and nobody's even giving him a second look. Yep. He only got hired because it was Arians. Think about it. Tom Brady played for the for the Bucks this year. We all know that. And Todd Bowles. But last year, yeah. same guy, Byron Leftwich, different quarterback. Um, 30 touchdowns. Jameis Winston. And 5,000 yards. Had the highest passing yards and the most touchdown passes thrown last year. Yep. Same same, same staff. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, the, it's not much to say that, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Tom it's, Brady, it's a different person, shame, different, okay. different thing. But. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to name the same guy. The most popular guy that everybody's talking about right now is Eric Bieniemy, who was last year's Super Bowl winning. Coordinator. Coordinator, who should have been the hot shot, who automatically. Didn't even get a look. That's a, first, that's a, that's a job. He got interviewed seven times. Okay. Now they're saying, well, he doesn't interview well. He's been interviewed 15 times already. Listen, my opinion is... Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me finish my thought for a second, okay? He doesn't interview well. Was it this guy that just got hired? This Campbell guy, right? Was Dan Dan Campbell Campbell that got hired? Talk about biting kneecaps and... and Was that in his his interview? Was that... Exactly. Was (laughs) that in his interview, Spivik? Was that what he had to say? Well, I'll bite some kneecaps? My opinion with with that is, regardless of if Eric Biennemi interviews well, look at your body of work. Look what he's done... Look what he's done with the Kansas they City Chiefs. They score it well, and let's be realistic, okay? I hate to, you know, put some, I'm, I've been trying to hold my tongue about this, about the Super Bowl, but the only reason these people didn't score is because they had no offense. I mean, COVID swallowed their whole offensive line right. before the Super Bowl, okay? And if you're not smart enough to figure it out, you know, I ain't got time for you anyway. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's an issue for me. That's definitely an issue for me, and it needs to change. There needs to be more minorities hired, hired and not in just – coaching positions it needs to be head coaches across sports across sports thank you um moving on from that uh trevor bauer Uh, we briefly talked about trevor bauer a little while ago with baseball um this guy i don't see it his contract he didn't deserve that he does not deserve the guy's got amazing stuff um i got amazing stuff when i'm throwing on the side i'm 57 years old Okay, um, when it comes to actual playing, he caught lightning in a bottle in a sixty-two game season last year. Okay, sixty-two game season. Right. The year before that, when he got traded to Kent to Cincinnati, he was supposed to be the be all and end all. And he fell flat on his face. I think he had like a six-two ERA. Thank you. Okay, so off of a sixty-two game sample size, the Dodgers opened up the vault for this guy. Okay, have at it, y'all. Like I said, like I said on on a on Beecher Report, hey, I never really wanted him anyway. You know, I got into some argument with some guy talking about, oh, how come you offered him a contract? I didn't know. If, I'm a fan, okay. My my general manager, who I disagree with heavily, yeah, we never said that we wanted offered him Bauer. a contract, okay. I didn't want Trevor Bauer. As far as I'm concerned, it was going to create a problem 
with the most professional pitcher in baseball and the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom. Right. Okay. And a lot of a lot of a lot of Mets fans did not want Trevor Bauer. No. And that was the problem. Sandy Alderson refused to give him more money than, than uh, Jacob DeGrom. And, and, you know, can't blame him. I disagree with can't him on a few him. things, but I'm very happy about that. Can't blame him. You understand? I don't think he's the best pitcher on the Dodgers. OK, but he sure is being paid like he's the best pitcher. How's that gonna How's that gonna make all them other guys feel, especially with his antics? Come on, the guy the guy is a professional wrestler on the mound. Yep. Okay, I've never seen anybody do the Vince McMahon walk on the mound. You know the grapefruit walk. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're pitching. You know what you're just doing? You're in the major. You're in the National League now. You're not in the American League. You know what you just did? You just got your best your best hitter thrown at. Somebody gonna if if it's an old school pitcher on the mound, they're gonna put one in your best hitter's ear hole. How's he going to like that? Right. That or, Mr. Seeger. Mr. Seeger, get ready to get thrown at this year. Okay? Betts, Mr. Cody Turner, Book, Mookie, get ready to get thrown at this year. Because this guy is a lightning rod. He likes to talk shit to the opposing team. He is everything but a professional. Okay? So, while we're on the topic of baseball, um, there's an interesting little controversy brewing here. And it's something to me that I have a major issue with. Um, the little feud that's going on between Terry and Terry Francona and his son Nick Francona. Um, so this is stemming from what's gone on with Mickey Calloway, former manager, former pitching coach Cleveland Indians, former manager New York Mets, and former pitching coach of the Anaheim Angels. Um, no, actually, I think he's still current pitching coach. He's on the suspension. Yeah, he, he they didn't fire him, but he's, he's suspended. So we all know what Mickey Calloway has been thrown under the bus for with his um. Sexual sexual harassment and whatever the case is, all that stuff. And yeah, he was sending out. He was sending. He was sexting. Right, wrong. Unwa- do unwanted. Unwanted pictures. is not okay. Unwanted is not okay. So <laughs> apparently, um, this has been going on for a while. Yeah, and supposedly, according to Nick Francona, Daddy knew about it. Terry Francona knew about it, and never never said anything about it. And that's his issue with it. So, okay, you got an issue with it? Sure, no problem. I'm fine with the original premise of it. You've been dealing with this for years now, and you've been trying to tell, tell them you know, to act on it, and by you not acting on it is you being complacent, complicit in it also. That's all good and well. The argument, all that argument is good and well. The issue that I have is that you decided to go publicly and put your father on blast. Yeah, and say that say that you know you've been telling your father this for years now, and, and all this other stuff. You went public, first of all, and shit on your father. Who sought him out? And nobody's seeking him out. No, no reporter worth this salt is going to seek him out. He had to sort them out, right? Okay, because there is even some days a little bit of a code. You understand what I'm saying? He sought them out. Okay, dude. I mean, do you? I mean, have you? <laughs> We're talking about Terry Francona here. As far as I know, there's never been no domestic violence. He's always been a good family man. Terry and Francona. The guy made a, a buttload of money. He was at the top of his game when he was a player, and he's at the top of his game as a manager, so he's making plenty enough. So I don't think financial support is an issue. So you've been sucking on that tit for how long now? Right. Quite hey, a long time. You're going to come out against your father? It seems to me like if that you really felt like that, instead of clout chasing, which is what you're doing now, clickbaiting, Trying to get people to listen to you, it would seem to me like you would have pulled dad to the side and said, Dad, can we talk? Right. Like, can we talk? So supposedly that's the, that's the whole thing. He said that he did it once. He did it twice, and his father still didn't listen. You could do it ten times. Dude, I don't give a flying shit. That's you your father. Not put 
you know, not air out the laundry in public. Not to mention, now, what, what do you think that's doing to your mother? Dude, that's your family legacy. The yeah. Francona family, Terry Francona, Dad Tito Francona, the yeah. legacy in the in baseball that that family has. Terry, if you're listening to me, kick his ass to the curb. He's probably still living at home eating your food still. Dude, driving like, a car that you bought him. You have that job because he, he had a job with, with uh, the Dodgers or something along those lines. He's had a couple of jobs in front offices in baseball. Because he's such, a, in, such an interesting and intelligent right. guy. So the, the, Seemed to me like it's more on his father's coach. His, his father, father and his grandfather. His father's make phone calls he's for him. He's going on the family name to get these jobs. Because he and never you're played. you're shitting all over that. That's unfair. That's cruel. It's not right. You, that's something you should never, 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 never do. I mean, and I know there's some people that say that, that disagree with it because oh, it's 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 true. He shouldn't have did it. Oh, he's did this and that. He should have said something. Terry Francona should have said something. That's all good. That's all good and well. Maybe Terry Francona should have said something. But there's no way that it's right or it's okay for Nick Francona to put his father's business out there in public. First Pull him to the side and deal with the issue at home behind closed doors. First of all, we don't know the whole story. Maybe the people involved didn't want to go public. The victims, exactly. Maybe they didn't want to go public. Exactly. They don't want all the information out, and you know what I'm saying. Um, the man again, same thing. The, what do you, what more do you want? The guy's suspended. He's not making his money. What more do you want? He's not, he's not even a part of your father's team anymore. Thank you. What 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 you know? So you just at a willy nilly, you're going to come out of nowhere and throw your father on the bus and shit all over your father again. The guy, he's probably still living at home, probably driving the car that daddy bought him. And even if he's not. Your father and your grandfather well, put you whatever in a happened to family loyalty. Your man. father and your grandfather put you in a position to be able to to do what you're doing right now. Yep. They did that. Not exactly. you. Exactly. What happened to family loyalty, man? So with that being said, um I, I said my piece on Nick Francona. I, I you know what? You're a piece of shit, dude. In my eyes, you're a piece of shit. Now I don't care what anybody says. That's just my opinion. All right, I got I got one small benching that I want to go on, okay? Well, and, and then, so the um, the the last thing that I want to talk about, the last thing that I want to talk about is um, you know wh- what's going on the black box. Go ahead. The whole black box issue. You know, we got we all know at this point what happened to Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods got into a car accident, um, going driving to the airport after an event to try to go home to his family. Got into a car accident that immediately the entire sports world thought Tiger Woods was dead. And we're we're all very grateful that he's not. Well, from looking at that car, we're all gr- very grateful that he's not. Not only the car, but the the, this, the initial stories that the jaws of life was used, yeah. and, and then he was air airlifted to a hospital and all other stuff. Obviously, none of it turned out to be true. Yeah, it was just a really bad accident. There was no jaws of life used. There was no airlifting to Tiger Woods. He, dri- he was driven to the to the hospital. Though. You know, uh, but you know, it was a big story, but it it should have been let go by now. Why are we still talking about this? Is why is it you know, so hard that the media is trying to shit on Tiger Woods? You know, I'm going to go first thing I'm going to do. I remember that day I was so upset that that hack, Kate Brenneman, who's been out of the public eye for a while, I don't know where ABC News found her or CNN found her. All of a sudden, she must have been. It was Sunday, so she was the only person that would answer the phone. Hmm. Okay, the first thing she's going to question is his past. The, we don't know if the man is dead yet. Why are you trying to get uh, uh, basically better yourself on his name? How many how many interviews has he given you in the past? Because you were one of the original female reporters, right? You okay, shit out, you're shitting. Okay, on. Tiger, if you can hear this, 
don't ever give that woman an interview again as far as you ever, ever, ever. Okay, and there was one other reporter, I forget who it was, who the first thing he said was, and he's apologized since then because Facebook and Twitter were unmerciful on him. Good. The guy that said, um, uh, well, we, man, we all know that he has a problem with prescription pills. What, dude? Nobody ever said that. You know, that's why it was very important. You notice how the sheriff. The, the first sh- thing that sheriff said. The sheriff was the upset. first thing that sheriff he said. He said, I don't know where anybody got that idea. There is nothing wrong. Here, you understand what I'm saying? There was no, uh, no impairment, no nothing, and they had, they even had the uh, the first officer on the scene talk to him and said he, he was fine. Right. The I first, mean, you the, know, other other, the, other the first police officer a, who responded to the scene <laughs> got there and said that yeah. he talked to Tiger while he yeah. was sitting in the car. Still, I mean, he, he was strapped in, in the seatbelt. He said, "You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he, I mean, he, my legs again, hurt, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Again, <laughs> he was he was fine considering you know he was just in the car that rolled over 19 times. You know, yeah, down and a hill. he had his leg shattered. You know, what down I'm saying? a hill with a broken with a busted ankle and a you know, and a leg that was broken he was in shots. But, you know, this talk about he was your first. The man doesn't really drink. He's never had a drinking problem. OK, he had one accident last year where he made a mistake. And listen, I take you. You're my you're my witness to this because you if you hand if it wasn't for you, I'd probably would wreck my car once or twice already overdosed once or twice already because I take the wrong pills at the wrong time. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That could happen to anybody. OK, for the first time, you know, you read that on the label. Yeah, yeah, really. I don't operate heavy machine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But then if you drink a few of them, you know what I'm saying? And the first time it happens, it hits you, dude. You don't you don't really expect that a, that a, a medical, you know, a medicine is going to do that to you. So I think it was just Bush, man. How about can we, you know what? He was in an accident. It looked horrific. Let's hope and pray that he's going to be fine. And we'll see where the, where the consequences lie. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So far, everybody has said nothing. You know, he's fine. Why are we looking for a black box? I didn't even know cars had black boxes. This and, ain't and, no airline and, accident. And what is a black box going to prove? That he swerved a little bit? You know what I mean? It's already, like I said. What's the point? Like I said, the sheriff already said it. The sheriff already said it. That corner, people accelerate. You know, we don't, you know, it, this happens every, you know, every week. People get hurt here. It's more about the road and the turn than it is about the people. Right. When I heard the whole black box thing, I said, there's black boxes in cars? Thank you. Mind really? you, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. He's on his way to a meeting. He's on his way to a photo shoot. And then go home because he had all his luggage in his bag. I mean, in Thank the trunk. Thank you. Come on, man. The man was going home. Which was His luggage was all spread out for the whole world to see out there in the grass yep. with yep. his golf clubs and everything. Yep. Come on, man! It was a story. They, they acting like we saw bottles of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, proper. Well, I'm not gonna give nobody no no, but but like they saw bottles of of, of alcohol yeah. and, and beer like and all there was millions stuff. of bottles of liquor and, you and know, prescription pills well, coming like out of blunt his, wraps, his, his blunt suitcases. wraps falling out, you know, all over the place and blunt guts or something like that. Come on, man! Just trying to shit all over Tiger Woods. Just, just not trying cool. to get attention on yourself, and they ought to be ashamed of themselves. That's not okay. how you get a story, dude. Do some real journalism. That's not how you get a story. Had nothing to do with any of that. Thank God Tiger's on his way to recovery now. Life recovery. We don't know about the game, but I'll tell you the truth. Because that, kind of, that kind of journalism makes you a hack. Yep. I'll tell you the truth. As much as I wanted to see him continue playing and I wanted to see him play on the senior league and the senior circuit and all that, to be totally honest with you, um, I could always just go down the rabbit hole with YouTube, okay? He's got more highlights than I've been able to cover in the last two weeks. All right, so my my wish for him is that he can be healthy enough to play with his children. Mm-hmm. 
and have a good time. I agree. I agree. All right. So um, with that, you know, we're going to wrap it up really quick. We're going to actually hit us, hit you guys with our, our who you benching segment. We haven't done that in a minute. So uh, yeah, with that, we're going to hit it. You and now with you. All right, so, uh, you know, this is everybody's favorite segment, so we're going to hit it. Go ahead, Pops. All right, I'm benching Dwayne Wade today, okay? Um, somebody apparently was, uh, I don't know how it happened, somebody was saying some negative stuff about Chris Bosh, who was a great player, but in my opinion, he was a little soft, okay? But anyway, the guy had uh, health issues and he had to go away, you know, which is horrible, and I'm glad that the man is healthy, but, you know, the man is a rich man living healthy, okay? So I don't know why Dwayne Wade decided that he had to talk bad about Julius Randle because Julius Randle just made – somebody had the audacity to say that he looked like a young Chris Bosh. To tell you the truth, I don't think so. I think Julius Randle is better than Chris Bosh is ever going to be, okay? So you want to stand up for your guy, stand up for your guy. Don't shit on Julius Randle. Okay, Julius Randle ain't never done nothing to you. Okay, the only thing he's ever done is shit on your Miami Heat. Okay? So, uh, as far as that's concerned, you know what I mean? I, I thought there was a code between players attacking players for no reason at all. You know, stand up and defend your boy Chris Bosh. I'm with that 100%. Defend your guy. I understand. But you don't defend your guy by shitting on another guy. Ju- these words didn't come out of Julius Randle's mouth. Somebody else made the comparison. That's what happens. It's sports. Okay? Get over yourself. Get out of your feelings. And go about your life because you got a pretty nice life. You got a pretty nice wife. Everything is beautiful in your world. Leave Julius Randall alone. All right. Well, that was interesting on that who you benching segment. I I I, I kind of agree with all of that. I'm not I'm not happy. Don't don't shit on my boy Julius Randall. I shit on Julius Randall. I'm Thank the you. only person that can't shit on Julius Randall. Yep. That and his mother. Yep. Uh, there's nobody else that can shit on Julius Randall. So don't don't do that, Dwayne Wade. I I like you. You're you're an awesome player, and your stance is on a great lot of player, things. Hall of Famer. Awesome, yeah. But dude, that that's uncalled for. Yeah. Chris Bosh was a bum. I was I would say that he was a yeah okay. He was sorry, the weak sorry. sister in that. He yeah. was the weak sister on that team. Yes, I all we all know that. Yeah. Don't shit on don't sh- don't shit on Julius Randle. Okay, simple as that. Um, with that being said, you got uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Pops, you got anything to say? Just want to say uh, we we're happy to be back. We had some unfortunate things going on. COVID being the number one. Um, um, but we're going to be back bringing you this good content and this good conversation. We back. Coming back. We back. And thank you for your patience. And uh, we're going to reward you with some really good content coming up in the future. And we will be on the air more than you can see, more than you will, you'll be able to know. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. And we back. Love you. Take it easy, guys. Bye.